Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. intro baby every time straight like fire well welcome to the undrafted a dynasty game theory podcast brought to you by of course the undroppables i am your host scott belanger aka jacks falcone at dino game theory and i am ready to go today we are live so this podcast will be uh sort full of, of full a of errors janky, and, and shit like that full of errors speaking of which Stoner off the top rope with error number one in- interrupting. I had to get the, it out. I had to intro. get it out right from the door because that's like literally the <laughs> yeah. first thing you told me to not do. So just watch this. <laughs> Boom. We got him muted. And it, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm going to pump fake that, uh, that, that, uh, that mute so that you know it's not coming. But in any event, you you guys can hear that we've got Stoner in the building. You can see for sure that we've got Stoner in the building. But we're going to be rolling today. We got a pretty cool episode. I've got with me today Tommy Moe and Bo- and Stoner both in the house. And uh, yeah, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be doing a fun show. We're gonna be doing uh, a little award show. But God, I'm gonna introduce my guest. But then I got to get something off my chest, and the boys know what I'm gonna talk about. But wait, first, can you just introduce? I'm intru- no, I just mentioned you. Yeah. An introduction goes more like this. Coming to me from the East Coast today in his homeland, Zamazaland, New Jersey, is the fantasy stoner, Michael Edge. Michael, what's going on, brother? Not much, man. It's uh eleven eighteen here. I feel like I feel like Paulie trying to get on these fucking podcasts with you. He's like fucking sleeping already. I see I see where the pain goes. Uh, you know, it's weird. It's cold here. It's like 30 degrees when I woke up this morning, my nipples could cut glass, like right from the door, like hop out of bed, cotton glass. Um, but that's yeah. what the people wanted to know. That's what I figured. Um, it's nice to get some good pizza. It's nice to drink some yingling, but you know, circumstances behind my visit are not ideal, but no, it's, uh, it's not, it's not the worst thing to be here. And on the other, on the other coast, Joining us from SoCal. And we like to call the it the OC. Beast Coast, by the way. That's interruption number two. The Beast Coast, not the East Coast. Well, hey, if if people are drinking at home, every time Stoner 
uh, interrupts. That'd be a hell of a game. So yeah. line them up, okay? And Just you guys will a, be drunk within the hour. I promise. Three. Boom. There we go. <laughs> Drink. <laughs> it's going to be fantastic if you guys are drinking every time that motherfucker uh, steps up and interrupts. I love it. Uh, but the, coming to us from the other coast, uh, the Samoan Sandman, Tommy Mo. What's going on, brother? What's up, Jack? The Spam Man would have been better right there. The Spam Man. That's four. Yo, four. <laughs> y'all fucked up. People are going to be absolutely <laughs> the best drinking game. Holy shit! No, I, I, I'm stoked to be here. I'm pumped. Uh, I'm pumped to be streaming with you live. Um, yeah, man, this is this is great. It's it's funny that we have like everyone here that normally lives on the West Coast and fucking stoners back east, but. The first time Stoner was on the two-on-one, the first time he was on the two-on-one, he was in a fucking closet. Talk to me from fucking, I think he was still in New Jersey, talk to me in his closet. I was in North Carolina at the time, actually. Jesus. That was when I lived in North Carolina. I fucking hated that shit. But yeah, it was it was a good space. It was a giant walk-in bedroom closet, and it was just, you know, with all the clothes hanging around, just acoustically, it sounded better, because I didn't have... I didn't even have these AirPods at the time. Like I was using one of them fucking wired headsets. So yeah. The last time we had Stoner on the show, the last time we had Stoner on this show, he was joining us on his earbuds as he is today, but live from a Buffalo Wild Wings, drunk and high, and hitting on the waitresses. So this is an actual upgrade. Hey, like I said, I like to throw curveballs. I also did one show from your fucking your uh, your dungeon closet there that you're in or garage. The studio is what we call yeah, it. The, the, dun- studio. the dungeon's okay. a good word for it. <laughs> the dungeon. <laughs> there's no uh, there's no negativity in this place. So dungeons are a bad place. This place is positive. So, you know, the reason for the season, the reason we're here, we are doing an award show. I thought it would be pretty fun. You know, I mean, we all know basically right now if we're in the playoffs, some 10-team leagues got one more one more week. But, you know, most leagues right now are 12-team leagues, and they are all – playoffs are decided, and – uh you know who got us there? Who didn't get us there? Who are the who are the who are the shining stars this uh, this 2020 regular season? We're going to talk a little bit about that. One person that is not the shining star of the 2020 season, although for me he was gave me plenty of content. We uh, we we titled one of my episodes "Greg Williams Frosty Tips," and his frosty tips got roasted this past week. As he made the blunder of all blunders, he came across and showed us his true colors. He is the moron, piece of shit asshole that we knew he was. Go, go ahead, Tommy. Tell him what's going on with Greg Williams. That he got fired for making the worst call against my Las Vegas Raiders. Thinking the fucking arrogance of this guy. I think that he could recover <laughs> zero twice. Not just once, twice. And think that he can keep up... No, the audacity, the, even. The, the audacity of Greg Williams to run cover zero twice, no safety help over the top, man-to-man across the board, gets beat by Nelson Aguilar, who would have had it, who was like this close to having that touchdown before Henry Ruggs does, and then does it again. The audacity of Greg Williams to do it again, and Henry Ruggs, checkmate. It's done. It's done. It's over. Fucking over his career is his his tenure's over. Apparently, he's getting talks uh, from people about being a head coach. And I, after after Bounty Gate happened at, at the New Orleans Saints, <clears throat> you know, I still kind of stuck up for him. But I'm over. I mean, that that guy, it's that was a terrible call. Unless he's trying to tank for himself, um, you know, no self respecting defensive coordinator 
is going to make a call like that. It's going to even attempt to tank no matter what the yeah, team's trying to do. That's the it's, thing, though. Then they, they uh, I mean, they played tough the whole game. So I find it hard to believe that you're going to be in the game for 59 minutes and 47 seconds and then shit the yeah. bed at the end. It was a terrible call. Don't yeah. get it twisted. And I know, I know Jax is ready to, is ready to dig into Greg Williams. His blood was boiling. He had to, he had to sit back a little bit and take some wine to, to get the blood pressure down. Cause he's been, he's been talking about double G Greg for, for quite some time. So, I mean, I think, I think it's time that you and I, Tommy, sit back and, and let Jax give us a little bit of his, his true colors, true thoughts about, uh, Mr. Williams here. Well, look, he's, he's, you know, I heard a lot of people talking about how it might have been on purpose and all that sort of thing. And, you know, Tommy and actually Stoner, all, all three of us have been in, in locker rooms, but Tommy's played at the highest level, uh, compared to, uh, what we've done. And, you know, we know those guys were battling. They played the Vegas Raiders tough. They were, they were in that game. They both had what 30 points. I don't remember what the final score was 34, 31 or something like that, you know. So, but they had them. I, I couldn't even believe my eyes when I saw the play call. I, I literally, it, it, it made no sense. It was 11 seconds left. They're 50 yards away or whatever they were from the, from the end zone. It is the easiest call in the world to make. I mean, it's just literally you line up four guys on the, on the goal line. You, you rush three or four. You play a little soft man and the game is over. I mean, it's just, it's easy. It's the easiest call. You know, the call, it ends the game. It, there's no way to beat that defense. And if it does, it's the most fluky thing in the world. Instead, he calls literally the only defense that they could score against, like the only one they could score against. And and that's this guy's attitude. You know, he, he had, he was such a dick when he was in, uh, when he was in New Orleans, he's the one who basically brought about bounty gate. We all know that, that um you know Sean Payton took the heat for that but you we all know deep in our hearts that that was all Greg Williams asshole locker room uh decorum getting these guys all fired up and talking about taking guys heads off and paying a bounty and all that stuff he was a dick then he was a dick when he was on um you know uh the HBO show what the hell's the name of it uh, hard knocks, oh, hard knocks. Yeah. yeah, and he was he was such too. a dick. I mean, he was telling everybody how he had twelve jobs, but he turned them down just to be here because he loves them. He didn't have no twelve jobs. He's a piece of shit. Fake hair, fake glasses, fake fucking everything. And you know what? Fake defensive coordinator and good riddance. You know, the only good thing that Greg Williams has ever done in his life is help the Jets get Trevor Lawrence, so he can just ride off into the sunset. And he is now shoved off the bridge. Mike Gusecki. Scuba gear and all, back up on top of the bridge, and uh, he clearly you know, was wearing a parachute. A game with a Mike Kazeki had a parachute on. He was base jumping when you threw him off. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> that dude is alive and well. Okay, so he's alive and well. Greg Williams is thrown off that that bridge, and he's got some uh, some cement shoes. So get out of here. I, I, like I said, I saw the play, and I I, I I sort of had to take him, and I'm like, wait a minute, where? Why wasn't there a safety? What happened? Like. There, did he get shot? Like, you know, someone must have assassinated the free safety because something had to have happened. There was no possible way that that was the call. I looked at the clock again. I'm like, wait a minute. Was there something that I missed? I had to have missed something because it couldn't be. And then, of course, it occurred to me. The fucking extra G is standing on the sideline, right? That extra G is just rolling around with his stupid fucking glasses and his stupid frosty tips and just bragging about his 
aggressive play call as if anybody gives a shit about him. And he ruined his team's chances to win a game. Now, you know, from our perspective, outside that locker room, we can all say, oh, yeah, that's that's nice. You know, they're going to get Trevor Lawrence. But those guys don't give a shit about Trevor Lawrence. Not one of those guys is like, you know what, maybe we're going to get Trevor Lawrence. Zero guys are saying that. They all wanted to win that game. They wanted to go home with a little bit of joy. And they went home embarrassed. And so, obviously, they made the right decision. But even Adam Gaze, what a, what a moron. That's ultimately his responsibility. So he should have been in the back of the wagon with Greg Williams driving his ass out the stadium too because you that's malpractice as well. The worst coaching staff in, in the NFL by a, by a wide margin. I'll ask you both, guys. That exact roster, everything about that team, give that team Bill Belichick from the very beginning of the season, from training camp, what's their record? I mean, it's definitely not zero and ten or zero and eleven wherever they're at now. Zero and one hundred percent. They're they're fifty fifty at least. That that team's not. They that could be bad. fighting for the uh, NFC East title right now. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like how you know, like you you wasted Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, you didn't like that you had a a running back that was paid that much or whatever. But it's Le'Veon Bell. Like, how do you just waste that talent and give him away to the Chiefs basically for free, and then? Sam Darnold's good. Ty Johnson's good as a backup. Frank Gore's there as a backup. Like, Denzel Mims, Jax, I mean, you've been on Denzel Mims forever. So it's, they have the talent. The, and then no, no football Chris, player. Chris Herndon, no. Chris Herndon. He's alive, right? But, what, you know, but no football player from, from Pop Warner to the NFL wants to go 0 and 16. No. 0. Yeah. Not not one. It you, goes on you, your personal record. You pay right? 100%. They'll, that will be in the annals of NFL history forever that you went 0 and 16 and they had a shot and and as a Raider fan, I was ready to jump you myself don't off take a game if you're on the field either. No. I mean, that no. What's, what's Herm Edwards say? Yeah, the, play to win. those right. games. Play to game I mean, win. those Absolutely. teams that are tanking are tanking in the in the in the front office and the coaching staff by making shitty fucking decisions. That's where the tanking comes. It's not those dudes on the field. But yeah, I thought they had ten players on the field, and it goes to show that I mean, if you got Derek Carr, who's a shitty professional quarterback, I know Tommy's going to like me saying that. He's not the best quarterback in the NFL, but he's still a pro quarterback. But if you make a mistake, a professional is going to take advantage of that and and rug shit the shit out of that guy and end up in the end zone. I mean, what do you want? It, it, it happens all the time. I was tilting. I was tilting so hard on how bad Henry Ruggs was playing and how bad of that decision that was for the Raiders organization to draft him. Went on to my personal account on Raiders Twitter and started talking mad shit. Started talking mad shit on Grizz NFL, and I'll fucking talk shit on you here because all you do is just talk shit back. So went and talked shit on Grizz NFL about how that was the worst decision and how I hate him for his arrogance and how he thought that was a good decision. And then Rex did that, so I had to like just tuck my tail. He bought jersey. He bought jersey afterwards. Oh, totally. Yeah. No, I, I can't buy. I can't buy current players' jerseys because then they'll be. And that's bad form too. Like God forbid they lose to the Jets. I mean, I don't think you would have not lived that one down for quite some time, my friend. I mean, they they did lose to the Jets, and you know they, they got bailed out. But you know, at the end of the day, the NFL is a, a funny league. I mean, Seattle loses to the Giants. Pittsburgh loses at home. Both guys, both teams lost at home to the Redskins. Their football team, whatever the hell you want to call them. But let's let's. Uh, Let's move on to another NFC East team, the Philadelphia Eagles. 
And uh, so, obviously, pretty big news, and I did want to touch on it. I know we want to get right into our awards, but this one I wanted to hit on real quick, which was the the Philadelphia Eagles making the, the active decision to, first of all, replace Carson Wentz during the game, but then during the week now, he's going to be starting the next game. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on this, but, uh, you know, either one of you guys want to start with where your head is at on this deal, uh, go right ahead because I'll, I'll, I'll sort of close it up. I'll, I'll jump in here first. I think it's a necessary move. Honestly. Um, I, I don't think that Carson Wentz is over as an NFL quarterback, but I think his mentally, his season might be shot and it's hard to get that trust in your teammates around you. If they can see that you look like a fucking deer in headlights. And, you know, your offensive line is struggling, and at least Jalen can move a little bit and maybe make some plays with his legs, something that Carson's not really doing. I mean, true, they're not giving him the plays to, to get on the move and do what he does well, but I think overall, just mentally, he's he's done. His season's over. So I think it's the right move. Whether it's going to do anything for their offense, I can't really say. Um, it remains to be seen. But I'm excited to see it. Fuck it. Let's go. We've seen some rookie quarterbacks do some awesome shit this year, so why not see another one? Yeah, I, I, I like Jalen Hurts a lot. Um, I drafted him in a bunch of dynasty leagues or wherever I could, especially in super flex leagues, uh, just based on his potential and, and what he could do in the future. Did I think he'd ever start this year? No. Um, so I am surprised to see him replacing Not without Hurts. injury. Um, with, right, without injury too. You know, And so, um, yeah, I agree with you, Stoner. I mean – Carson, there, there's something missing there, but there's something missing there with the team, you know, and, and, and I'm going to bring him up later, but Miles Sanders, you know, you, you have talent out there and you're not really using them. So um, is, is it really just an issue with Carson Lance? Uh, you know, we have a couple guys in our undroppables team, Brad Wire and, and, and Randall Kennedy that, you know, will speak very highly of, of Carson and, and not blame it on Carson. And, and to some extent, I agree, you know, Brad was on here. We we're doing unsung heroes on Saturday and you know he was talking about how that offensive line really, really is struggling, and they need to uh, they need to you know get some new guys in the draft or or sign some guys. But at the same time, you know, offensive line or not, um, you're, you're not really giving your best guys the opportunities to get the ball. And and like you like you said, Jack with Bill Belichick, that's what he does best. He he finds ways to get to get the guys on his team, the talented guys, get the ball in their hands. And you know, at the, at the end of the day, you got to do that. So you know, if Jalen Hurts is going to give him some opportunity to do that. You know, it'd just be a little bit more dynamic. Maybe it's a good thing to do. But at the same time, you know, you just kind of suck. To, it sucks to see it, you know, because it, it wasn't that long ago where, where Carson Wentz was, you know, getting some talks for like MVP and, and, and being one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Well, not the best, just top, top five, top ten quarterback in the league. And yeah, now I think as, as, a, as a group for the undroppables for Dynasty, I think we, you know, have them pretty low now. Um, <laughs> He, really he was in the top 10 for a lot of people, and now he's outside of the top 20 for most people. Um, but I think the shitty part is I don't know what they can do with him. That cap hit is filthy. What do you think, Jax? How are you feeling about Mr. Wentz uh, versus the rookie? Well, I think it's a little early to start talking about trades, although we all do it right away because obviously as soon as they bring in Hurts, it's kind of like, well, what are they going to do with Wentz? They can't really have them both, and, and I think they can't. I mean, at the end of the day, they really can't have them both, but they're going to have them both for some period of time. It's just for how long. So they're certainly going to have them both for the rest of this year. The question is whether or not they do anything in the offseason. You mentioned it. The The contract is a big deal um, because they can't really cut them uh, at all because it costs them $60 million to cut them, $34 million to keep them. 
you do the math, pretty sure they're going to keep him. So they're definitely going to keep him. Now trading him also brings in a, 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 a big problem because, you know, that other t- the money has to go someplace. He's guaranteed the money. So, you know, with trading, it happens a little bit differently. But, um, you know, we're going to we're going to see um, uh, what Jalen Hurts has. I don't suspect that Jalen Hurts is going to come in and light the world on fire, mainly because of what Trav was saying on the chat, which is Doug Peterson. You know, this team lost a lot of lot of players. They they lost their two tackles. They lost an All Pro guard. They lost their backup old tackle that was coming. In. I mean, they lost their entire offensive line. They lost all of their skill positions. Even though I think it was probably addition by subtraction with with Alshon. But look, if Alshon's healthy, I guess he's good. But he's of course he's not healthy. They lost all their wide receivers. They lost both tight ends, you know, for a period of time. They lost Miles Sanders for a period of time. What the hell do you want Carson Wentz to do? You know, you watch what, you know, the Buffalo Bills do. You watch what the New York Giants do. Uh, you watch what the New England Patriots do with inferior teams. Sometimes they'll scheme their ways to a competitive game. Washington just did it again. I'm um, literally you know, just going to say Alex Smith. Literally just going to say Yeah, that. you got to play a little bit different. And I and I, I watch Doug Peterson and, and this team and they're just they're playing like they're still good, like they still have this this talented roster. They really needed to slow the game down, make some easier throws for for Carson and you know, play action, like you said, get him on the move. There's a difference between running a game plan and just calling plays. And they're just calling plays, you know, and, and we know the difference. We've all played Madden. That one looks cool. Fuck it. Um, they're just kind of running their favorite stuff as opposed to trying to get themselves into a position to be competitive. So I think they're going to have some of those issues, if especially if they do that same thing with Jalen Hurts. Now, they should and probably will actually change the offense just because he doesn't know as much of it. But yeah, so I, I, you know, from a dynasty perspective, you know, Wentz is probably a buy low. I mean, I've seen that a little bit, but you know, you, you look at these starting quarterbacks, and obviously, I think he's going to go somewhere. Uh, if not Philadelphia in twenty twenty one, I mean, you know, Jalen Hurts could fail miserably. I like Jalen; I've got no issues. But the the issues that are helping Carson Wentz fail are going to be the same issues there. He's not going to inherit some better team uh, and better game planning, uh, assumingly. So. Um, you know, I think, I think we're going to see some issues, but yeah, absolutely. Oh, Jesus. Up. So, but you know, <laughs> she, she's got the drinking game going. Hey, she's going to, don't hurt her. Truly's ready to go right now. Hey, so I, to your point about um, him in the game plan, I think he comes, I think he comes in with a game plan, but it's the in-game uh, adaptability that he just hasn't, I don't know if he hasn't figured it out or, or just doesn't know what to do. Because a few years ago, like you said, when they were good, whatever, he fucking pressed a button and it was working. Dilly dilly in the fucking Super Bowl, right? Philly Philly. So, I mean, yeah, they could just push a button and it was working. But now it's not. He he hasn't figured out that, like, oh, shit, I just can't do what I came in to do. I have to fucking adapt. I have to make changes on the fly. And that's something you just – I'm just not seeing with him. And that's – you're right. That's why fucking Carson – has been shitting the bed badly in addition to a Swiss, Swiss cheese offensive line. The offensive line, I was going to go there. I mean, look, he's the type of guy that he holds onto it. He throws the ball down the field. He will be willing to put his body at risk, which has hurt him actually, like specifically hurt him. Luckily for him, he's a ginger and doesn't have a soul. Okay. It's a weird take, <laughs> sure. but it's okay. Um, but, uh, 
No, he does. He he holds on to the ball. He t- he takes a lot of hits late, like on the run, doing all sorts of stuff. And then he, you know, in his in his legendary season, his best season, th- he did have an unsustainable third down conversion rate, especially long third downs. Like they were converting long third downs at some record pace. So that has hurt him, obviously. You mean the, never the Nick Foles MVP season? Eleven. Yeah, uh, the year before, I'm 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 also drunk and high, got, so it's probably they got a statue uh, you know whatever. Right? Don't they have a statue? Yeah, I think it was the year before actually, but in any event, they do have a statue of Nick Foles. It's mostly penis. Uh, mostly, <laughs> mostly just a lot, uh, of, yeah. lot of energy yeah. there with that statue. That's right. It's a it's a small statue on a big kickstand. Um, <laughs> but uh, but you know, hey, w- let's have some fun. Are we not we having had any, any fucking fun yet? Fun? Let's have. Are you not exactly, saying? Let's actually. Let's let's turn it to some fun, and uh, and get off these sad subjects. Quarterbacks being benched and Greg Williams being the stone worst person on the planet. Uh, let's let's move on to something that I think we're gonna do. Tommy, you're gonna guide us because you're obviously way smarter than I am, probably more sober and a better uh, you know radio voice. So you know we're gonna walk through this, but we're gonna talk about. Uh, we're we're gonna talk about just our 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 2020 regular season fantasy all stars. So you know we've got some some cool awards that we wanna that we wanna give out for the uh, for the show. So uh, let's start with I think we should just start with the 2020 MVP. So let's do this 2020 MVP. I mean you know there's a lot of names that you could throw out, but let's just talk about who is your 2020 fantasy football MVP. Um. Tommy, you want to go first? I, I like that. We, you know, uh, we will go over the All Pro lineup. I, I do like that, but I, I think a good way to start it would be with the MVP. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of names have been tossed around, but at this point, <laughs> at this point, the most consistent one for me, um, and, and typically the MVP also goes to one of the best teams in the league. And you know, even though the Pittsburgh Steelers were the last teams to be undefeated, I still think, <clears throat> excuse me, I still think the best team in the league right now is the Kansas City Chiefs. And so I'm going to give it to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, we, we're going to have to come up with a consensus MVP amongst us. So we're going to have to argue this out. But, you know, I, in terms of, look, Patrick Mahomes is a great one because if you have him on your roster, you probably are winning. Um, but there's one guy in this in, in the league that I think if you have him on your roster, you're almost certainly winning. And for me, that's Travis Kelsey. You know, a teammate of Patrick Mahomes. But right now, fantasy football MVP, you know, Waller was great last week. Waller's been very good. Kittle's been great when he's played, but he's been injured. The tight end landscape has been absolute, you know, trash. I mean, even some of the guys we thought we were going to, that were going to be good were up and down. Um, so I think that if you have Travis Kelsey, you really, you really have a leg up on the rest of your, your competitors. Um, and, you know, for me, Travis Kelsey, uh, every team I've got him in, I I'm think, in the playoffs. I think to some extent, like if you're in a tight end premium league, definitely is a fuck. Kelsey is that guy. I actually wrote down three names for MVP, and I and I already crossed out Dalvin Cook. Just he was my third guy. My other two were Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. So I think it's those two, depending on. You know your scoring settings. If, like I said, if you're in a tight end premium, that's the shit. Sure. If you're in a fucking multi quarterback league, super flex, and you got Mahomes, you're you're fucking money too. Because 
then you were able to take your second quarterback later on and fill that middle of your roster is probably fucking fat. So, I mean, yeah, I think it's Pat Mahomes if I had to pick one. But I don't disagree with Travis Kelsey being that dude, even though he's the second best tight end in the NFL. Because we all know George Kittle's that dude. Hey, I'm with you. But so let's, let's, hey, Tommy, either you or I have to concede or we have to let Stoner hey, split it, the difference. Okay. But I mean, I will say it's your show, but also a <laughs> tight end has never in the history of the NFL, a linebacker has won MVP. I'm talking about Taylor. fantasy now. Oh, okay. Okay. No, be back. To be fair. No, yeah, no, 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 no. Hold up. Fantasy MVP. Fantasy MVP. Fantasy. These are all fantasy I'm, I'm still. I'm still picking Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the guys, it's, I think uh, Russell Wilson look, for was me, definitely at one point. Yeah, yeah. No. Mahomes is the actual real MVP of the league. That You are not going to get even a, a skosh of an argument from me there. Mahomes is the real MVP. How do you spell that word? Skosh? Yeah. Or MVP. <laughs> Clearly, I think I got that. Well played, sir. Well now played. That's, that's why I get paid the big bucks for it right there. Um, but, no, I mean, I think Mahomes like a skosh of whiskey. It sounds like a, like a shot of whiskey. Yeah, take skosh. some. Yeah, we get some of that skosh over there. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, he has, the most, he has the most fantasy points in the league right now. I mean... What yeah. about what about it's the, Mahomes? It's Mahomes, dude. But if you're look, if you're getting two points per reception in a fucking tight end league, now all of a sudden it might be Kelsey because he's crushing everybody else too. So I could argue, I could be happy with either one, but I, I with Tommy, I pick Mahomes. I just think at the end of the day, and you guys can you guys can take over my show and, and put me in the corner. It's fine. But listen, let me just tell we've you, we've already done this. Yeah, no, J Rob's coming up and he's gonna win an award, maybe two or I three. Literally. Not MVP. Huh? <laughs> not for MVP though. No, he's not winning MVP, although he, he is kind of a, a league winner, and we're gonna get there because, you know, he he could be that, that that type of player. But for me, you know, yeah, if you if you have Cooks, I mean excuse me, Cook, Dalvin, Kamara, Henry, those guys are all great. But at the end of the day, that difference maker at the position is Kelsey. You know, he's just so much better. That that sort of vorp, that value over replacement player, he is just so much better. You know, if you have Mahomes, you could be going up against weekly against, you know, Kyler Murray, you know, Russell Wilson, other quarterbacks who put up good numbers. Um, you know, Herbert's been been great up until last week or so. You know, th- so there's been quarterbacks who've kind of, you know, held up to him. But there hasn't been any any tight end that has even come close to what what Kelsey's done. But so we'll go ahead and, and give it to Patrick Mahomes. I can see I'm not going to move you guys off this. I think it's your show. Oh, and see. you should be on record. You should be on record saying Travis Kelsey is a fantasy I am on record. I just said it as a hot take. I, yeah, no, I think that, and I think that's what should be. I, I also think that it's that interesting that you pick a guy that catches pass thrown by the guy that we pick as your MVP. But <laughs> hey, that's cute. Go ahead. It go is for cute. It. And you know Ty Hill did not get mentioned, but he also has been pretty pretty dope. I mean Devonte Adams is another one. I mean there's a lot of guys that we can look at. You know Devonte yeah, was those, a guy for me. Those two will show up in the All Pro lineup for sure. Absolutely, but Devonte was a player that I looked at as as a as sort of that MVP too. I mean if he hadn't missed games, I think he probably would have been because I think he's also the type of guy that changes uh, changes everything. You know, and, and Linda put pointing out that she's got you know both Wilson and Mahomes and. And, and, but and they if, can't fucking win them all, Linda. Sorry. I know, but you know the Sorry. point of the matter, and I think the point she's making is 
that he's not necessarily a league winner. You know, a lot of times everybody gets gets points from the quarterback position, but you know, when you're going up against a team and you have 30 from your tight end position, it's a tough hill to climb, you know? So in, in any event, you know, I'm with you guys. Um, what, what, what I was going to say is, you know, with, with Kelsey and, and a startup, you know, it's kind of the same reason why you even kind of shy away from him in a non-tight end premium uh, redraft is because of what happened to Kittle and some of these other tight ends. They can get hurt very easily. That's a violent position. You know, they've got to block guys like Tommy Moe up there, you know? <laughs> so, so, Tommy, which direction are we going in next? Which one you got for us? You know, I, I like the other um, the other categories you have, but I think um, you know how you send it to us kind of sets up the discussion a little bit. So I, I kind of feel like we should pivot a little bit to the all, our our all pro. Lineup, I love it uh, and, and get to the the quarterback uh, start at the quarterback position for you know first team all pro. Yeah, for you guys. So again, this is now uh, remember Tommy as well. This is a fantasy all pro, right? So I I would imagine there's some overlapping, but look, all pro quarterback i'm with you man you got to just put <laughs> we got we got linda just telling telling us what's up just but um just keep drinking the trulies yeah just keep drinking <laughs> um but i think i think it's mahomes i mean honorable mention you know you got to look at kyler murray russell wilson aaron Rodgers. wow uh, but for me you know it's yeah. it's such a uh, set it and forget it with mahomes like whatever league you have him in i'm in a dynasty league where I have Mahomes and I don't even have a backup in a dynasty league. I don't really. I, who cares if if he goes down? I'm losing anyway. I just I'll make a trade. I'll figure it out. I'm playing him every single week. I stream some jerk off for the for the bye week this year. Doesn't matter. Mahomes all the way. So obviously one quarterback league. But um, you know, but that yeah. Derek Carr the jerk off. Yes, it was. I think I did start Derek Carr. No, I'm joking, Tommy. Don't let him do that to you. But, you know, that's how good okay. he is. And and I think almost any other quarterback in the league, if I had rostered, I wouldn't be in that position. I wouldn't feel so brazen. But even last year when he got hurt, he kind of like his kneecap fell off and he was like, yeah, put that fucking thing back. I got to – yeah, I am fine. Yeah. That kneecap yeah. just – I'm sure it goes right it. back in a position or whatever. And that's just how he rolls. That dude is just absolute money. Yeah, I, I think Patrick Holmes is a great, uh, great selection, and, and and the reason I wanted to pivot because um, I didn't put Patrick Mahomes here in this quarterback spot because I had him as my MVP candidate. So I'm kind of using our, our setup a little bit uh, differently. And so for for quarterback, I actually have Russell Wilson as my my first team All Pro quarterback uh, because I didn't want to double dip anywhere with any of the guys that we have listed. And so Russell Wilson, I mean, again, was having a nice MVP season. Still great, still doing really well. It just happens to be that, you know, Patrick Mahomes is consistently doing a little bit better. But, you know, um, Russell Wilson, it, it just, he, he, he's crushing it this year. And, and, I, and I don't think we should forget how dominant he was for however many weeks of the season. The problem with Russ for me is the last few weeks when you needed him most, when you needed those wins, he's shit to bed. And Patrick Mahomes is not. So I also. I've chosen Patrick Mahomes as my quarterback du jour. Yeah, um, I, that, that was an easy one for me. I think. No, you're good. That, you, you're allowed to interrupt oh, me. I was, I was one for Jax. <laughs> drink twice when Jax interrupts me. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I, uh, that was an easy one for me because fuck Russell Wilson. Also, he's still a virgin. Yes, he. He. I don't know. Not if that's that true. there's a problem with that. If that's your choice, it's I cool. mean, I just he, hate him. 
he's only had like marital sex, which kind of makes him a virgin because we all know that's the worst sex. So <laughs> if he's had sex, it's like with a sheet with a hole through it. Yeah, absolutely. Like he's had the, the most boring or, sex for or an sure. actual glory hole. Yeah, I mean, here's a millionaire who just should be doing it right, and you're right. You're right, Stoner. He's completely shit the bed. Not literally, Odell. Guy. Not literally, all right? <laughs> Odell's running right over with the He's like, what? <laughs> oh, man. My ACL feels better. I told you this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So oh, good. fuck. So, so now oh. we got to, you know, just smooth transition – from from pooping in a bed to the, our two favorite running backs this year, it's going to be hard to thin it down to two because I think when you look at it, you know, it's like kind of like Derrick Henry, uh, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook. I don't really think there's very much more there. But who gets that number one running back position? Go I, ahead, Stoner. I well, I it's funny you said that. I have uh, Dalvin Cook. Actually, I'm wrong. I have Dalvin Cook in the flex. I have Derrick Henry. And James Robinson as my two all-pro running backs. Um, James Robinson was that dude. He's that guy you picked up off of waivers. But if you look at his numbers from start to finish, he's gotten a consistent number of touches. He's been great at scoring points. And the last few weeks when you needed him, he's he stepped up and balled for you. Uh, on a shitty Jags team that has floated in quarterbacks like Jake Luton Futon or whatever the fuck his name is and you know Mike Glennon and you know I mean I think that's impressive so for me it's been it was about consistency is about the fact that those guys didn't they didn't get banged up they didn't miss any games you know what I mean if they did it was very minimal um so for me Derek Henry and James Robinson uh joined Pat Mahomes as those uh all pro players Yeah, I got I got Derrick Henry for sure. Uh, overall, uh, RB one. I, I, you know, um, last year, you know, there's someone in the fantasy football community that had a really really hot take and, and putting you know Derrick Henry overall RB two, um, and she took a lot of crap for it. Uh, and and to be honest, that was the one take that I that made me give her props. You know, that that was you know Kate Kate Madsen from from Ball Blast, and so. Um, ever since then, I was yeah, all in on Derrick Henry, and and he's he's proved it. He's proved it again this year. He showed up and he's balled out, and he's consistently balled out. Last week's game was, you know, it is what it is. But we're in December now, and that's when he's like really going to turn it on and and and, uh, and get red hot. So yeah, definitely definitely Derrick Henry for me. Um, have him in my in my long running home league and fucking crushing it. And then it's Dalvin Cook. It's definitely Dalvin Cook for me at the at the quarter at the running back two spot. Um, I mean, I know me and Stoner have been on Cook for a while, though. You know, before he really took off, and then I think we can find some tweets from us from a couple of years ago talking about Cook cooking. And, and so uh, those guys for me, if if you have those two uh, in the backfield, they're going to crush it. Well, it's it's pretty clear now what the consensus will be. Cause I'll share with you who my guys are. I mean, that's Dalvin- a sexy trio: Cook, Jefferson, and Kelsey on one team. Ooh, yeah, insert, insert Jack Nicholson gift here, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and and I mean we know what we know what's going to happen here, but for me it's it's Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara. I mean, lest we forget, you know, Alvin Kamara was basically just winning you weeks, week after week after week. He also has that sort of receiving floor that that Derrick Henry doesn't necessarily give you. When Derrick Henry really flops, he really does. Now, obviously, these last couple games with uh, uh, Taysom Hill have hurt 
um, you know, Kamara's stock a little bit because of the the scheme they run with Taysom. Obviously, they're not looking to target running backs. They're they're running sort of a that that read option. So, but other than that, I thought I thought Kamara was kind of the the stud of the first eight to nine weeks. I thought he was RB one, and Dalvin had that little stretch where he basically scored. I think in two weeks, it was like it was like through week nine, and he scored as many points in those two weeks that would have made him the the RB like 12 or something like that. I mean, he was an RB one on just two weeks is what I'm getting at. So, you know, he won you some weeks, but you guys, neither one of you had Alvin Kamara up there. So it looks like it's Dalvin cook, Derek Henry. So, you know, if we've got Dalvin, I have Kamara in a different, I I know you're going to, I know you're not going to forget my boy, but you know, I, I actually thought that that one was kind of easy for me. For me, it was just cook Kamara, boom, put him in there. Like, you know, if you've got Mahomes, cook Kamara to me, that's right where you want to be. Um, but, I think this is probably where it starts to get a little bit more interesting, and I think this is probably a slam dunk. I'd be surprised if you guys don't have the exact same three answers as I do, but who knows? So let's hear it. Tommy, we're going to start with you. Uh, who's your WR1 for the regular season uh, 2020 fantasy? Uh, it's it's my dynasty wide receiver one right now, too. That's Devontae Adams. I mean, so, so good in so many different ways. Uh, I think he has the most complete game right now. Um, I've always been a Michael Thomas fan and, and, that, and I'm not going to, you know, hate on, on, on slam boy too hard this year just because of his performance. But, but Devonte Adams, man, is, he's got it all. He's got all the tools. Um, and, and, and you just can't deny him, you know, and he mushed freaking Darius Slay's face, you know, last week and, and got that touchdown, got Aaron Rodgers' what, 400th touchdown. And, and then he, you know, they rely on him. They, they didn't draft anyone because they're like, oh, we got Devontae Adams. He'll do everything, you know, and then picked up, you know, found a way to get Robert Tunyon to be uh, to be relevant. And so, yeah, Devontae Adams is, is just crushing it this year, and, and he's definitely my wide receiver one. Give me, give me Tyreek Hill. I, I mean, I don't disagree that Adams is that dude. Love him. But give me Tyreek. I think uh, he's been consistent. I think, what, one game? He probably had one really bad game this year, and you're playing – on the top scoring offense in the league with the best quarterback in the history of the world. I mean, shit, he had 13 catches for 269 yards and three touchdowns in that juicy game against Tampa Bay. I mean, he is kind of a prick. That backflip was kind of douchey. Um, he might be a horrible human being, but at the end of the day, he's a pretty good player. So I also have Adams. Yeah. I also had Adams, uh, in there as one of my wide receivers and. Tyreek Hill is my second wide receiver. And Jax, you probably can if you name the third one, I'm I'm gonna assume that two of us, if not all three of us, have this guy. So what do you got? There's no there's no way anyone has the, my same wide receiver three, though. I'll guarantee that. Wow, I, I, I want to guess who you have. I'll then, take a but guess, too. Look, for me, just circling back, I think, you know, obviously we do have, I, th- I think all, okay, cool. I think all three of us have, you know, it sounds like all three of us have Devontae. Is that 13? Keep drinking, Linda. This is going to get a little weird. Um, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna be sued. Someone's going to fucking have alcohol poisoning. Um, no, it's all good. Um, but Devontae, you know, for me is still a WR1, the WR1, and, 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 you know, I'm just looking at sort of the scoring I've got in this one particular league, um, where, you know, I think it's half PPR with first down, whatever. It's like Scott Fish, but whatever. Um, but, but, you know, in, 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 uh, tw- in 12 games, um, 
of Tyreek Hill, Devonta Adams is only 13 points behind Tyreek Hill with 10 games played. I mean, he missed those two games. He kind of got hurt in game two there, put up a stinker. So, I mean, he's just been averaging nearly 25 uh, points per game. You know, to me, he's, he's the WR1. Tyreek has obviously been really consistent, which in the past has kind of been his Achilles heel was that, you know, he would be up and down. You know, he'd have those gigantic games and then he'd go and disappear. But somehow or another, even in the in the in the games where he wasn't targeted a lot, he seemed to score a touchdown. So every week he's been, you know, obviously startable, but I'm talking about, you know, he's been a he's been a high high uh high leverage play every single week. Um for me, my my wide receiver three, you know, is DK just because of that ceiling and the way he plays. I'm guessing Stoner's the same, but Tommy probably snuck Adam Thielen in there just nope. because. I'm gonna get. Whoa, I'm gonna get okay. Stephon Diggs. Tell us, neither, Tommy. Neither. Damn. I was talking about. No, I've been huh? talking about him a lot, and I. Oh, I know. Him. I know who it is. Wait, wait. I'm such an idiot. It's Keenan Allen. It's Keenan Allen. It's fucking Keenan Allen. Thank you. Thank you. It is Keenan Allen. I'm such an idiot. I knew it. I, I uh, you know, I, I, I've been on fucking record since this summer. Uh, went on point, point after touchdown with, uh, with our friend Andrew Mackins, part of Undroppables, our, our editor in chief there. Went on his podcast and raved about Keenan Allen when everyone was fucking hating on Keenan Allen, dropping him in their boards, not drafting him. You know, I mean, shit, in some leagues you probably got him in like the third or fourth round because people were hating on him that much. And he did. He's done what he's consistently done the past three years, and that's be consistent. And and I have a tweet out there, too, with my shitty photoshopping of Keenan Allen saying, you know, Tyra Taylor, Justin Herbert, Herbert fully loaded, don't matter. I'm still getting 130 targets, and he's on pace for like 160 targets. And that's what Keenan Allen does. He's the safety blanket of whoever's going to be the quarterback there for the Chargers. I don't even like the Chargers. I'm a Raider fan, so, you know, whatever. But Keenan Allen is, is the truth. And so that's why I have him as my wide receiver three to jump back. My wide receiver two is Tyreek Hill. And, you know, for the past two years, uh, besides this year, he was the definition of boom or bust. And this year he's totally blown out, out of the water like you guys pointed out. He's only had one bad game. Even then it was still five points, so it wasn't that, like, shitty. It wasn't zero. Um, but he's been startable every week. He, he's been so consistent. So um, for me, I, I'm, I'm a player – I subscribe to the Bob Lung, you know, consistency guy. And that's what I'm about. I, I want those guys that are consistent every single week and are always going to put me up, give me a nice safe floor. So in that flex spot, I can throw someone else in there. That's crazy. Give me a nice boom. But Keenan Allen has been super consistent. That's my wide receiver three. Yeah, my, my third was DK as well, even though he's a sea chicken. Uh, but I did consider heavily Stefan Diggs after seeing what he did to my team last night. And uh, and uh, Keenan Allen probably was was in he's in discussion as well, but yeah, DK it was I don't want to say it was easy, but those were the first three names that came to mind, and and that made it that made it a pretty easy one. And I'm sure that uh, DK is going to be that guy that's being drafted where Michael Thomas was being drafted this year, you know, in the top seven or whatever. DK is going to probably be a first round pick next year and redress. Yeah, you always feel like there's guys who are target monsters and guys who are big play players. It's like the first three guys that we chose, and not to say that Keenan Allen isn't, but they're both, right? You you almost have that floor and that ceiling with Tyreek, Devontae, and DK. 
you know, DK a little bit of a, 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 a less floor. Obviously, Devontae's got floor and ceiling, which is why he's easy WR1 for me. He's just that good. And Keenan Allen's been great. Tommy, incidentally, I got Keenan Allen at the 7.07 in the Scott Fishbowl. 7.07. Exactly. That's, That's a super exactly flex tight end premium. Why? But still, yeah. that is crazy. Yeah, I and think my home league, I got him in the in the sixth round, I think. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think I took him. A.J. Brown was my wide receiver one. And I, yeah, in your defense, Tommy, he'd been slipping, slipping, slipping in almost every every draft. I mean, everybody was discarding him, myself included. I did not want to draft Keenan out. Yeah, but, but to be fair, too, based on who we who we talked about, I mean, in fantasy points right now, it's Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, DK Metcalf, Keenan Allen, and Stephon Diggs. And we kind and of for, we've point. forgotten about about Hopkins a little bit. That's the next one. Bit. That's number six. Not neither one of us has mentioned him, but so that's interesting. I mean, just when you look at the the landscape of wide receivers, it's it's pretty impressive what we have, especially some of the young guys that stepped up and played. Jefferson's a top ten. I mean, it's, Jefferson seven. Yeah, it's impressive. So I, I think uh, the future is bright at the position. So speaking of futures bright at a position. Let's shift over to tight end where the future is not so bright at that position. Um, man, oh man, I, I feel like every year, you know, we, we, we just feel like there's going to be this like, you know, tight end breakout. You know, we were drafting tight ends deep. I will say a lot of the tight ends we were drafting were the right ones deep. Uh, you know, Goddard and Hawkinson. Love, I mean, my God, I have Hawkinson Hawk, everywhere. Baby. You fools who, hey. all you fools who let me draft TJ Hawkinson where I drafted Smash. him. I mean, I it it just it, it baffled my mind. He for me, he was an absolute top eight tight end going into the season. He was being drafted 15, 16, tight end fifteen, sixteen. I mean, I just basically got him for free in every league. Um, you know, redraft and you know, obviously, um, dynasty was a little bit more difficult uh, as people did see that sort of future. But my God, I mean, he was a clear breakout. But when it comes to the tight end position, it's a clear choice. I mean, Kelsey's one. I mean, we'd be remiss not to talk about Darren Waller and how good he has been. Uh, you know, he, he, he single-handedly put some, some teams into the playoffs this past week. I know it. He won some people money this, this past week in one fashion or another, getting him into the playoffs, DFS play, whatever it was. Uh, Darren Waller went off. Another reason why Greg Williams is the stone worst defensive coordinator ever. It's like you walk into that game, you're like, all right, guys, what should we do? I don't know. Take away that guy, you know? No, just let him go for 17. 17 targets, 13 catches, 200 yards, two touches. That'll be fine. It's like they didn't even watch the Patriots game film and like think about, right. oh, hey, maybe that's a good idea. You know, maybe he's the away. best fucking player on the team because Josh Jacobs ain't playing, so you don't have to worry about Josh Jacobs and just fucking stop Darren Waller. But yeah, that's why he's fired. That's right. And so, I mean, really, it's not even a conversation. Stop. Uh, Stop it, Linda. Between... No Blake Jarwin. <laughs> I know the Jarwin. I, I love Jarwin. That's us, me and Linda's boy right there. I was all over Jarwin this offseason, too. So, Linda's right on the money. Jarwin? Linda was all over Jarwin. There was nobody that loved Blake more than, more than her. I'm not. T- I'm not trying to hold over her. She she can have the 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 pole position if you whoa, will. Whoa, whoa. You know all about the pole position, don't you, Stoner? No. <laughs> He's muted. Oh, all I, of a sudden, I'm, I'm, he wants I'm to muted myself on purpose. <laughs> Voluntarily <laughs> muted over there. But um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's so it's so clearly um, it's so clearly uh, Kelsey and, and Waller obviously is too. But let's move to those two flex spots. You know, you got two flex spots. So that means that we've got to find a spot for, you know, 
a few people that I think are glaring omissions. So for me, obviously, the first guy I'm going to nominate for that flex spot is Alvin Kamara. Me too. That, you, with, yep, you with me? That's, that's my spot. And that and half the reason I put Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook up there, because they're more your traditional running backs, Alvin Kamara is your, your ga- not a gadget player, but, you know. I know what you mean. I, I think there was someone that we know that, like, talked about how his, like, wide receivers receptions were something were, like, so good that there was better than, like, most of the receivers out there. Was, was, that was me. Was that you? <laughs> Might was have been you? me. Oh, I think that was you. Because <laughs> I don't know, because me? so many people stole the tweet, so I wasn't sure who the fuck it was. I don't remember. <laughs> I, I think I think that was me. <laughs> Good, good call. Uh, oh, by the way, Chipotle deal. If you guys are watching the scroll, that's a good deal. That's a good deal. Fucking burrito. Just use game, the promo bro. code UND. That's on Dropples. We are proudly sponsored by Chipotle. Please, no, no, please, please, sure please, 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 please try to order it. Please. Stop. If someone shows up and says, no, I've got a promo code, and, and they just get wrapped out of Chipotle. Then I get some shit. Let's go. Honestly, just send it to send the bill to Tommy Moe. He'll reimburse you the difference. He's just coming down. He's got you. Yeah. Like yeah. a warm blanket. Yeah. Tommy's he'll, got he'll you. Vet, he'll vet Moe over. I'll, I'll reimburse you, but you can never go to Chipotle ever again because that shit's trash. Right. Last visit. So, so are oh, we shit. acknowledging that the two running backs that, that we voted in are Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry? Yes. All right. So, yeah, my two flex spots would be Kamara and James Robinson. Those would Me be too. my two flex. You, you got anybody different there, Tom? You want a James Robinson uh, argument with, with Stoner and I, or are you okay with that? I am okay with that, um, especially because you mentioned DK Metcalf already. That's who I had at the flex. Again, I, I in our entire list of, I, I, uh, of people you want us to talk about tonight, I did not overlap anybody. And so I, I'll talk about James Robinson. You keep saying that. What do you but, want, a fucking sticker or something? Like He does. Yeah. I mean, like no, I voted sticker. I follow, I follow the fucking follow the prompt from the fucking host of the show. So, yeah, I want a fucking participation sticker over here. Wait, there's a prompt? Uh, for doing my job. Yeah. Um, but I have DK Metcalf. But I, I have no problem uh, if you want to put James Robinson there. I just, well, you know, I think DK Metcalf is worth, uh, it's just worth talking about because I left him off my wide receiver list. So, so who's the, so, so I, I agree. So let me just recap it. Uh, so the all-star team of 2020 is quarterback Mahomes, running back Dalvin and, uh, and King Henry wide receivers, Devonte Adams, Tyreek Hill, DK Metcalf, tight end, clearly Travis Kelsey. And then on our flexes, we have Alvin Kamara and James Robinson. Good for James Robinson. I mean, what a story. So, but now we've got our last, our last spot for our, our 2020 all pro team. And that's our super flex spot. So basically just got to find that next guy. Doesn't he have to be a quarterback uh, in this, in this format? Hey, you can go in any direction you want. So in that super flex spot, you got all the players remaining. Who you got? I'm a, uh, I'm a fan of the, of the throwing a quarterback in that position, of course. So I feel like we've already stacked Mahomes with, with Reek and Kelsey so I'm going to throw another stack in there. I know Tommy already has uh, Russell Wilson in there, so he's got that Russ stack. No, you have Russ. You have Russ at your quarterback. So I'm going to actually go with Aaron Rodgers to to pair him with Devontae. I think Rodgers has been nothing short of amazing. Uh, I did consider a couple other people. Josh Allen was one after again what he did to my team last night, but I think Rodgers has been that dude. He's been pretty lights out with uh, him and Adams together are just, they're pure sex to watch. And I know, I know Kanan's going to like that because he's all over Devonte Adams so hard right now. 
I know he's a Packers fan. So, um, yeah, it's, it's Rogers for me in the super flex spot. Nice. I, I, I got Kyler Murray. Uh, that's, I've been on Kyler all year. I've been on Kyler since on the off season. It's funny that you've been on him and he can fit in your pocket. That's, that's so crazy. He's, he's right there. <laughs> Kind of, him and Tyreek. That's saw that. so great. That was fucking amazing. Um, but no, I, I've been on Kyler uh, all season. I've been regularly tweeting out that that he's elite. He's making that step into the elite, uh, the elite status of quarterbacks for fantasy. Um, last couple of weeks have been rough, and and his fantasy uh, playoff schedule is definitely tough. Um, but but I'm I'm still rolling with my guy. I mean. Uh, I'm being a little bit of a homer in my home league about my picks because I got Derrick Henry and Kyler Murray over there, but but they've been riding with me all year, and those are my guys. I love them. Wow. Well, that's interesting because I don't even want to tell you who I had in my super flex spot because now I'm not sure. It was between those two guys, and now I've got to choose because basically I'm the I'm the I'm the I'm the vote. Um, you know the vote that changes this this uh, this decision. It's so hard. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has just been. Like just money. I mean, he has just been absolute money, and I love the idea that we're stacking with Devonte. Um, that actually, that actually uh, is the reason that I might stack, actually baby. go. Uh, that is the reason I might go in that direction. I mean, Kyler has had that rushing floor, but you know what? We're gonna have a chance in 2021 when we do this show again to put Kyler in that super flex spot. I had Kyler in my super flex spot, and I am gonna go with Stoner on this one because Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's been just so good. And not only that, but his schedule down the stretch would uh, probably let us know that he's probably going to win leagues going forward too. So I don't want to have the wrong guy going forward. So let's put the right guy in there. Let's put the Devontae Aaron Rodgers stack, which is going to absolutely crush everybody's heart and soul. And Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is in that super flex spot. I love it. I love it. Yeah, you're right. He's got He's Detroit, Detroit, Carolina, and Tennessee the next three weeks. So, I mean, Rodgers should it's be. Gonna be it's going to be bombing. Yeah, they're lighting shit up again. So, it'll be sweet for those of you that have him. He, he might he might take you to the promised land. Yeah, that, that stack will definitely win you some, some leagues right there. <laughs> I told you he loves it. I knew he'd like that. So, I know we're not talking about kickers, but, I mean – Young Wei Koo, I mean, he is killing it. He's the, he is the, the highest point scorer for the NFL right now, which is kind of fucking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah I mean, kickers, dude, <laughs> kickers, cool. Yeah, he's great. He's awesome. Great story. Feel good story of the year, really. Yeah, I didn't even know. I mean, yeah, Koo. So it's Koo. Yeah. Let's go with Koo. I mean, Koo it is. Who, who doesn't like the Young Ho? Right. I mean, hey, Young Ho's are hey, great, and Koo great. Hey, it'll be the first Korean All Pro, right? And he was playing in the AAF last year, so I mean, give him credit. Or earlier this spring, so give him credit for making it back to the league and kicking ass. You know, being one of the best players on that. Crushing for right sure. Now. I mean, you know, if you're yeah, if you got him in your league and you play kickers, like money, dude. Guys, money in the bank. It's the one thing I'm still like 100 percent with uh, with Jake Seeley on is, is you know ban all kickers. Yeah, it's it's tough, man, because they're so irregular and so ridiculous, but. Uh, let's let's move along. Well, let's the variable with stuff. kickers is that you got to hope that the offense is good enough that they get in scoring position, but not good enough that they get in the end zone. So it's like there's just too much. It's too much of a wild card, you know? Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. And, and Justin Tucker has just shit the bed this year too. So you know he was legit. And but like Dallas missed three field goals today. You know, fucking it's unbelievable. Linda. 
Linda, why are we talking thanks, about Linda. Yeah, Linda, Linda? Thanks, Linda. Yeah, Linda did this to us. Thanks. Appreciate <laughs> that. You know, just something shiny. Our guys are like, well, hey, let's talk <laughs> about kickers. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Hey, we'll, we'll talk about yeah, anything. That's right. Tommy, where are we going next? Let's uh, let We're going to have you pick the next category because I love this. This one's one of my favorite, um, league winner. And I think it could mean a couple of different things. And I think it's all how you take it. But, um, you know, it could be league winner just overall for the year. This guy that you added to your team, I think, you know, someone like James Robinson could fit here. Um, but I think it really needs to be someone that's going to win you this league that has a great fantasy playoff matchup. And that's kind of how I'm taking it. And I don't know if you guys agree or disagree with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I, I guess that is not how I took it. I kind of took it as, you know, someone you got for like super minimal value or draft value. And he kind of, you know, like James Robinson is that dude, but I do kind of like, I do kind of like the way like James Robinson was that guy for me, but I think it's all about value for me. Um, You know, the guys that you invested little in, but got a lot of like even David Montgomery is, is another name that I, that I actually wrote down here. Yes. Great, yeah. Because I fantasy schedule. Because uh, I again, schedule. I didn't want to use James Robinson again, um, so I, I picked a couple names. Mine was it was David Montgomery was the first guy that came to mind. Um, you know, you got him in the in the whatever fifth or sixth. I don't even know what round he was going in, but people were you know shitting on him. So you got him for good value, and he's currently a running back one, and he has. Or you got him in trade. Exactly. Or over it. You know, and they were shitting on him. I mean, the the middle half, the middle part of the season was he didn't start that bad too, which is a funny yeah. thing. And people sure, down and, and he's you know again he's another one of those guys like Robinson playing on a, a shitty a team that just I don't even know what they're doing. They don't have really an identity on offense. Um, they do got Allen Robinson and they can make some plays, but yeah, for me, David Montgomery was the the guy that came to mind. I know Beasy's been pumping him hard. He's he's he loves that guy, and he was pumping the, the other day about him being an RB1 and and that's what kind of stuck out for me when I was thinking about who's the league winner um, but yeah your, your mention about the schedule is spot on he does have he does have a nice run the next couple of weeks um, so he, he yeah I, I think I think your pick too covers both covers both you know definitions of like what could be a league winner someone that you could have got for cheap either or traded for cheap or someone that um, is also going to have a good fantasy playoffs. I think that, I mean, I kind of want to change my answer to David Montgomery uh, because, because of that reasoning. I mean, it's, it hits all bases, you know, and um, I, I definitely, you know, if, if you're, if you're looking to win your, your fantasy league, especially for this year, um, you need to be planning for that fantasy playoff schedule weeks, weeks in advance. And if you are able to pick up David Montgomery, in like week nine or 10 or even this bye week of week 11, you're now in a great position because he's probably, you're probably out of him as a flex play, you know, not even your RB one or two. And so he's going to smash, especially, you know, you, you also want those guys that are getting hot at the right time. And David Montgomery is definitely turning it on at the right time. Um, the guy I had was miles Gaskin kind of similar situation. You got him really, really cheap. If not for free in some dynasty leagues, he's, I picked him up like, yeah. after the draft, you know, startup drafts because no one picked him because I was super high on Miles Gaston. So again, kind of tooting my own horn <laughs> here a little bit. Uh, but you know, he has another really good playoff schedule as well. It's not as good as David Montgomery's, but in Week 16, he is playing the Las Vegas Raiders, who give up the fourth most fantasy points to the running back position. And so, at Week 16, when you're really going to need him, he's in the best position 
to win you that week if you have him. I like asking, and he's shown that, I mean, he's getting volume when he's in there. Regardless of who was in at the yep. quarterback position, he he seems to be getting yep. touches. So that's that's what you need. And there's, yeah. there's no competition. That's what you need right point. now at this point. Like, and that's the other thing. It's like, dude, you were lucky enough to make trades for Montgomery or these guys earlier on, and they're still they're still alive and kicking. Like you did well because 2020 yep. has been some fucked up yep. shit on, on some you know yeah. on some injuries. You know. It, it, and Gaskin might be the the ultimate um, win now type player because the the amount of draft capital they have for twenty twenty one. Who knows if he's even going to be around at least on the Dolphins for another year. Yeah. And so it's really like all in right now because that might be the only chance you get. And if he's winning, I, leagues I feel year, like that's, that's I feel like one of their first team. round picks has Najee Harris written all over it. But that's just my my personal opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be a great pick, you know. And so. So I'm, you know, I'm gonna roll with Gaskin. I'm still gonna keep it. I, I love David Montgomery there, though. I think that's definitely a great. Um, there's a great argument to be made. And spoiler alert: David Montgomery will be the subject of my under review this week. Mm-hmm. I've already got the film already dialed up, and we're gonna take a deeper look and make chalk cry because. It's not <laughs> Miles no, Miles Sanders will come up in this in this show for sure. He will. Oh, definitely. Sadly. Um, <laughs> You know, league winner, I mean, you can go a lot of different directions. I mean, you can look at it. Guys like Travis Kelsey and, and Tyreek Hill, obviously they're winning your league for you. Uh, I love what you, where you guys went. Um, you know, and, and you're right, if you want a few overlap, I think the guy I had in my in my spot was James Robinson. I felt like he was the guy that changed your team if you got him. Um, you know, because you had him all year. He never let you down. He was a, a weekly starter. It just It just changed your whole team because – Whatever your situation was, you know, if you lost a guy like Christian McCaffrey, all of a sudden, boom, you put him in, uh, you know, and so, I, you know, he was he was a tough guy for me to to not put in that slot, but um, I love Miles Gaskin. He he also helped me win a few games in a, in a few leagues. I had him starting uh, in a number of spots, and David Montgomery. Obviously, I, I did not have him in very many leagues um, because I don't think he's that good, but. Um, but he was actually a, a pretty good value. I did I did draft him in a redraft league where you know he slipped a bit and you know uh, just you know didn't didn't start very often for my team, especially early on. But um, wh- which way are we going to go here? We got to make a decision. We all had three different guys: Gaskin, well, James Robinson, you know, David Montgomery. Like I, said, like I said, Justin Jefferson. Like I said to Tommy, my initial my initial thought was Robinson on that because of. The fact that you got him off the wire, and and I had him on a couple teams, and he helped me. Um, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to recycle his name. I've I've mentioned him a few times, which is why I went with Monty. Um, I think all three of those guys. I mean, we don't have to name one, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll uh, we'll give it to James Robinson. You said it. I said it. I mean, we're all thinking it. We just don't want to. I think there's say a couple other. Spots. I think there's a couple other names we could probably Go. have tossed around too. I think Rojo's a guy that probably helped a lot of teams. You got him kind of late. Uh, Cole Beasley. Um, fuck, I hate to say it, but Corey Davis. Um, you know, he's guys like that. I mean, shit, T. Higgins, Chase Claypool, the rookies, you know, Robbie Anderson. Those are guys that you were, if you were drafting them, you were drafting them really late, or you were able to snag them off the waiver wire after a couple big weeks and they were, they were helping carry you through the years. When I think that's, I think that's going to be when we hit our under the radar, you know, players. I mean, we got that coming up, and that that's where a lot of those guys fit in. But I think when you talk about league winner, that's a guy who has to actually 
you know, change the fortunes of your team. And some of those guys are really good. I mean, Justin Jefferson is the closest one for me too, because he was drafted obviously late. I mean, truth be told, he was even a late rookie pick. You know, he's in the second half. I mean, picks eight to 12. Sometimes I saw him slip early second in, in super flex leagues, obviously. Um, so <clears throat> Justin Jefferson, um, Certainly could have won your league, uh, even in a dynasty league, quite frankly. I'd be happy with Jefferson. Um, you know, I think another thing for me is, you know, if guys are injured and they did miss some time during the year, that, that kind of puts a little, a little chink in the armor for me. So I don't hate Robinson or Jefferson in the spot because they seem to have been healthy for the most part for the year. Tommy, choose between uh, Jefferson and, and uh, James Robinson for league winner. I'll I'll take Justin Jefferson here. I like that. I'm, yeah, yeah. No, we're gonna we're we're gonna roll the gritty with Justin Jefferson. So 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 Tommy, take us to, take us to the next uh, destination. Yeah, and I'm 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 really curious to see who we're gonna select here. Um, Jax, I think kind of hinted at it a little bit, but we are on to biggest bust of the season, and and I, I know who I got, uh, but maybe we'll kick it off to someone else. I don't mind. Take this. I don't mind starting. I'm gonna. I I know that some of the it's easy to pick some of the guys. So I kind of swerved to a position and a guy that a lot of people um, rode really hard at the end of last year and expected that he was going to jump into the the top five, if not the top three of his position this year uh, at tight end. Tyler Higby is someone who everyone and their mother thought was going to be the next coming, uh, no pun intended, Tommy, of, of – uh, you know, Kelsey and Kittle and, and, and that new line of tight end. And, uh, I think it's, it's pretty clear that he is not, at least at this point. Um, he completely shit the bed and, and it makes me believe that it was just circumstantial at the end of last year. I know that some people took him really early on in like the Scott Fishbowl. And I can't imagine that that helped their team very much. Uh, yeah. So I shied away from some of the normal guys that I'm sure that you guys are going to mention and went to, uh, went to a sheep in my division. Tyler Higby is, uh, is my, my bust of the year. That's a big bust. That's a, that's a really big bust. <laughs> hey, Tommy, I, I already. Well, you know, I like big uh, busts and I cannot th- lie. This so. is going to be painful for me. So I'm going to let you go ahead and pile it on. Maybe you'll, uh, you'll avoid, uh, avoid my, my, uh, my heart here, but go ahead. Well, I, I see, uh, you know, the the undroppables uh, YouTube account jumping in here, so I'm, I'm wondering if he is on on and listening. And I don't want to break your heart, um, but it, for me, <clears throat> for me, it's Miles Sanders. I mean, kind of for the same reasons that Soder was talking about. Uh, he he finished last year on a nice upswing. I mean, him and Monty were, you know, <clears throat> the the arguments on Twitter were going back and forth all season long. Um, and I think, you know, at a certain point, you know, Monty was in that in that conversation as well. But but for me, it's it's Miles Sanders without having any real significant injury. I know he missed like what, a game or two um, without any real significant injury to, to, to fall off the way he's fallen off so bad. And I know it's not as complete his fault, especially as a running back, as someone that evaluates offensive line and defensive line. You know, I know that's a big, big part of, of, of uh, running back success or, or failures in the league. And so. Um, you know, I'm not going to blame it all on him, but if someone, you know, you're drafting Miles Sanders pretty early, you know, hopefully not the first round, but definitely in the, in the second, early to mid-second round, 
Um, you know, you're, you're hoping that he was going to be a stud for you this year and, and he's fallen off big time. And, you know, um, in, in the draft conversation, I think CEH is up there as well, a little bit, just as far as draft capital and production. Uh, but no one, no one's really hit it as, 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 as bad as miles has been this year. Yeah, And, 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 and so, so you found me, you found me, you got, expo- I'm, ex- I'm getting exposed here. Look, I, th- this podcast came out and, and, th- and this show came out. Uh, right at the beginning of the season, we were right before uh, the you know the, the season, maybe a week or two. I had Tommy on for for episode one, and so we didn't talk much about the the you know I didn't I didn't have this pod, but I was one hundred percent all over Miles Sanders, uh, and I missed big time. I mean, you know, I think I had him in the top five or six. I had him right after all those guys. I had him ahead of Chubb and Mixon and Ceh and Taylor and everybody. I think I had him right there after Cook. Um, you know, that, that, that cook Camara Henry, uh, you know, that was where I had him. I think I had him ahead of Henry too. I mean, I had Miles Sanders all over the place and, and, you know, it's been awful. Uh, the team's been awful. Uh, you know, so Wentz has been awful. Rager's been awful. What, what has been good there? Even Goddard Ertz, everything's kind of been bad there. So, you know, it's sort of team failure. It's not like someone else is doing great and he's doing bad. So I still believe in the player, but, in terms of as a fantasy value, he was absolutely the stone worst draft pick in the in the in the league, and it pains me to say that because I was all over him, and he hurt in a lot of sp- spots for me. You know, whether it be redraft or dynasty. Um, that being said, I think he's a buy low right now. I mean, you know, touchdown reversion comes along. The kid's a good receiver. He's electric. If that team can do anything in terms of fixing itself, which actually is subject but you know at any point you know he could be a a a better player he also did sustain injury so I don't think he was 100% so just a complete washout year for the Philadelphia Eagles and I think whatever you believe in any of those players you kind of have to still believe it next year and hope they get well especially that offensive line nothing happens without a good line you know that Tommy yep absolutely and and the skill positions are there there's youth at the skill positions you know, even if it is just move on from Wentz and go with Jalen Hurts, you know, we all love Jalen Rager. Um, and, I, and I think he hasn't even come close to tapping the potential that he has at a, at a great offensive line, completely retool that offensive line. Um, you know, may, maybe you know, keep Jason Kelsey. He, he's still got it. But um, figure out a way to, to get your quarterback uh, some time in the pocket and, and open up some run lanes for Miles Sanders. And, and I agree with you, a great buy low candidate for anyone that's really hating on Miles Sanders this, uh, right now uh, because you can't knock that talent. It doesn't just go away. That guy is Yeah, I kind of figured both of you guys were going to go Sanders, which is why I went in a different direction. But, I mean, that, that was an easy one, too, because he's a late first, like mid-second round pick for a lot of people. So the way that he has not performed has not been great. Sure, you could throw Mixon's name out there too, but you know a lot of that. Yeah, a lot of that might be injury related. Um, so I mean, yeah, the the true the true MVP of of 2020 is the fucking injuries, right? <laughs> the fucking the injury bug. But yeah, it's pretty easily Miles Sanders. I'll switch from fucking Tyler Higby just for you yeah. Guys. I mean, it hurts me the most. Uh, it really does all the way around. Lots of pain. Um, but you know, we'll 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 go from there. Tommy, what's next? It's definitely Miles Sanders' biggest bust. I you know, I'll take the L. Chalk's taking it with me, but we're gonna move on. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna totally redeem ourselves. Uh so next we have best waiver ad. 
And and here for me, this is where I have put James Robinson. He I, is. I, I He's going to sweep yeah. a lot of these awards, and he deserves to, right? I yeah. mean, it's James Robinson. Yeah. James Robinson is the Titanic of this Absolutely. year's fantasy. And the award show, goes baby, to James Robinson. Oh, James Robinson. Yeah. This is his third Emmy. Yeah, walk right up. Keep coming up. James Robinson's coming back up and up and up because he's he's going to be in best rookie. He's got he's everywhere. I mean his con, his name is coming up and for good reason. The kid is absolutely smashed. He literally has also simultaneously won the hearts of all fantasy uh, managers. Right, like he is the most beloved player in the league. Right, amongst fantasy gamers. Am I am I am I off here? I think he might be the most beloved player. And, and I think you have to consider what he does for for Jacksonville. In their in their draft strategy coming up, I mean that's that right now might not be a position of concern because he's shown that he can go out and carry a workload. Being being drug around by shitty quarterbacks. Now imagine you put Justin Fields under center, and now he's got somebody that can make some plays, and you still got Shark, and you still got Lavishka. I mean, you you got some talented young players. You were just saying about the Eagles. I mean, they have some too. Once you get a quarterback in there, why not ride the wheels off of James Robinson until his rookie contract's up? You can worry about a running back later. You have to respect any player, any rookie, any undrafted free agent rookie that can come in and basically make Leonard Fournette completely, you know, lose his job and be irrelevant after coming off the season that Leonard Fournette came off of. I think a lot of us. The number seven pick in the draft, wasn't he, Fournette? Like when yeah. he, he was the number seven yeah. pick in the first and round was great. or four or whatever. He had a yeah. great season last year. We all knew the the, uh, the receptions were unsustainable, um, but I, I didn't think he was going to fall off the way he did. I, I definitely didn't think he was not going to be on the Jags this year, especially because of some guy named James Robinson that came out of nowhere. And we have the freaking godfather of sleepers, Polly Sleepers, on our team. And it, I don't even know if Polly was even like as high on, you know, like no one was really like, oh, this is going to be the fucking guy until it was about to be. It was Ryquel Armstead season until he caught COVID. Yeah, we saw him, you know, pop in whatever with with Gardner Minshew. It's like, okay, Ryquel's going to do it. And um, yeah, James James just came out of nowhere. Yeah, you can't can't argue with, uh, with James Robinson in this spot. You know, uh, a lot of people talk about uh, Justin Jefferson, you know, both in the chat. And I think all of us kind of feel that way, too. I mean, you know, Jefferson was certainly that guy as well. Um, but uh, it's James Robinson, man. And, you know, he had one game like with less than 10 fantasy points. And that was uh, against Houston early in the season, which is crazy. I mean, it was probably one of his most smashed spots and he just c- came up small. Right. So, um, hey, Stoner. Fun stuff. I, uh, I I did a mock draft uh, because it's draft season, so I'm getting all all in these drafts. Oh, Tommy yeah, knows is. about these, man. I'm yeah, it is, baby. I'm a nut with this shit. But um, so I start I start I start mocking for um Jacksonville, and Jacksonville has like they have like eight top six 160 picks, like so they have like a lot of capital in the in the top you know 100 to 150 players, and they've got two first, they've got an early second, they've got a you know they're gonna have a lot of picks and. They're going to have the room to make a luxury pick. They're going to have the ability yeah. to make luxury picks. And if either Travis Etienne or Najee Harris slip to that early second round pick for them and they're just sitting there, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do there because they'll already have had two first round picks. When we talk about James Robinson being great, you're absolutely right. They don't need to draft a running back because of James Robinson. But here's the thing. They're not deep, so they don't have anybody behind them. 
They still need to add talent to that running back position. They're not just going to roll out there with just James Robinson and hope and pray he doesn't get hurt. They're going to bring in, maybe it's a different type of back. Maybe it's ETN. You know, maybe it's later in the draft. It's possible, but it's very possible that they say, hey, let's try and find a guy that's got that speed. As long as they don't turn Travis into TJ Yeldon, I'll oh, be man. okay. I'd tell you, it'd be, it'd be, a, it just, it would just be the best entertainment if either Etienne or Najee go to Jacksonville to like fuck with James Robinson, all our hearts and everybody's shares of J Rob who are so, you know, thinking he's got this clear path. Um, you know, in some ways I hope that doesn't happen because, you know, I love James Robinson, but you know, I, I think I love train wrecks more and that would be one, man. People would just go absolutely fucking bonkers. And it is the Jack. So you can't put it past them to do some crazy shit like that. Yeah. Right. But you're right. You're, they, they need depth and, and, um, you know, we get caught up in, in, uh, sometimes take lock with fantasy football and, and who we really want to be there, who we've invested a lot of draft capital and trade capital and fab into. Um, but at the end of the day, NFL teams are going to keep adding talent to their rosters no matter what, because you never know what's going to happen. You never know when someone's going to get hurt. You never know when COVID's going to hit. Whatever's going to happen, you need to have a solid big spin up, and ex- which is exactly what James Robinson was. It was. As soon as he got his opportunity, Miles Gaskin, as soon as they got their opportunity, they run away with it because they're, they're talent, but you can't just rest on your laurels as a football team and think that whoever you got now is just going to carry you, you know, into, into the Super Bowl because you need to be deep for sure. You need to have those guys there. Well, yeah. And, and they need to be motivated. Yep. So if you got nobody behind them, that's, you know, that's going to scare them, you know, there's nothing, there's no reason for them to up their game. There's no reason for them to take it to another level. Um, I think that that may be a little bit. I don't know. I feel like mentally that gets in people's heads, and, and then it then it starts like, oh, I'm the man, Check right? And now you don't have to do shit, and then check out fucking Bill you get your fuck- over here. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> he's a system podcast. No, put the hoodie back on. Put the hood back on. <laughs> like a Bill Belichick. He's a system. He's a system podcast host. Oh, but you know, like, uh, uh, what are you saying? Having that talent to push them. I mean. I, I think one of the best things that ever happened to Keenan Allen was having Mike Williams there to push him, you know, and Mike Williams still hasn't really broken out and has a ton of talent. But if there isn't anyone there, you know, Julio Jones, you need fucking Calvin Ridley there. You know, you need these guys that are the next man up that are ready to go yep. and ready to push you, keep you hungry, keep you fighting. So so who are we talking about next? Some unsung heroes? Next we have the last one of our lists um, is Rookie of the Year. What do you what do you got what do you got for rookie of the year, Jax? Rookie of the year, I mean, there's so many. I mean, look, if you're if you're talking about wide receiver, to me it's Justin Jefferson by a mile. You know, I'm a CeeDee Lamb guy. There's a there's a few others. T. Higgins was outstanding, but you know, Justin Jefferson had those like meteoric games where he just went absolutely crazy and was involved every week. I mean, he had a lot of targets, but he was also that that guy that could that could win you a week. Like you know, that sort of Julio Jones feeling. When you put him in your roster, you're like, well, he could he could win this whole week for me. So getting that out of a rookie who started slow too. He kind of was a little bit sneaky in, in the way that he kind of came on. Justin Jefferson was actually a, a, a huge surprise, at least for this season. So so that's one. I mean, obviously James Robinson at the running back position is, you know, we've been talking about him uh, over and over, but he's, he's definitely that guy. And then at the quarterback position, you know, Justin Herbert has been outstanding. So He's maybe the rookie of the year. And if we're talking about, 
you know, maybe also thrown in a little bit of real football. To me, he's been the MVP, uh, rookie of the year. You know, uh, the, the the best sort of football player, the most impactful player for his team uh, has been has been um, you know Justin Herbert. So, you know, I, I've got all three of those guys at at their positions. But let's let's hear what you guys have to say. By that logic, wouldn't your MVP then be the the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles medical staff? That stabbed Tyrod. What, I got to stab her in the chest three times? In the lungs. I mean, I had them listed as an unsung hero, but it sounds like you're making them an MVP. So many Pulp Fiction references in this show. Yeah, yeah. My my fantasy rookie of the year is definitely is definitely Justin Herbert for sure. I think the, the way he stepped in and just lit it up. I know he shit the bed for everyone this past week, uh, but that's our own mistake for not considering a rookie quarterback against Bill Belichick. Um, I don't think anybody really brought that up until it was too fucking late. <laughs> yeah, that's and I hate myself for not thinking of it because true. That's been a, a thing for years. Never play a rookie quarterback against Bill Belichick, and if a dude has cauliflower ears, don't talk shit to that guy. <laughs> um, and lastly, if you hear banjos, run the other way. <laughs> That's all correct. Oh, that's so funny, dude. No, those are life lessons to live by, and I promise you will survive a long time. That was Stoner at his best right there. That's why I brought him on the show right there. Stoner just ripping the cover off this one. Great job, brother. I have I have my moments. I know. That they're fucking fire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my rookie of the year, because um, I haven't had him in any other spot right now, uh, it is Justin Jefferson just across the board. I, there hasn't been a rookie wide receiver um, this good in a long time. This this good. I mean, he he's up there and talks with you know with Randy Moss as far as getting those thousand yard uh, season his first year. And yeah, it, he I'm looking back. You know, Jack's like he, he's on pace to top Odell's record too, right? Yeah, yeah. And so Jack's likes to keep receipts. So here, here's my tweet from February 28th. Um, Justin Jefferson is my third uh, rookie wide receiver overall. I mean, I got Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb, and, and that's definitely from a, a draft prospect, uh, NFL uh, uh, lens, not a fancy football lens, but I was super high on Justin Jefferson, and to see him come out and ball the way he has has been really, really nice. And, um, yeah, and that's with Adam Thielen there, too. Adam Thielen is right behind him. He was only like two or three spots behind him overall, so it's not like Adam Thielen disappeared and Justin Jefferson just took over. No, he, he's killing it with Adam Thielen having some amazing catches this year, doing some amazing things at his age, what, 28? Um, you know, and so it's amazing, too, because Kirk Cousins still sucks at us, and he has two of the best wide receivers in the league. Uh, he was Justin Jefferson runs some filthy. He's a yeah, filthy yeah. route runner, yeah. man. Yeah. Oh, God. So and he wore some sexy, sexy yellow cleats, too. I mean, cleats. just seeing them break angles, yeah. straight fire. Yeah, I, I'm fine with Justin Jefferson being rookie of the year. I mean – it is what it is. That, I'm, I'm, I don't have an issue with that. And, and from an NFL perspective, I really, really hope he gets NF Rookie of the Year. You know, and not just I know this is a fantasy show, um, but but yeah, overall as a player, that that guy's phenomenal. Yeah, you make some great points. I mean, obviously, you know, Justin Jefferson, you know, as a as a player, it is a lot of fun because you know, pre draft, it was like, you know, we weren't sure. I, I, for me, it was like Lamb. 
and then that Rager Jefferson thing was was there and and Judy and so yeah it was those three guys and I I couldn't really put them in order I wasn't sure but you know certainly uh, it's Jefferson obviously I mean he's vaulted himself up you know a little little shout out to my brother he drafted in two straight years he drafted like DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson and that was like his only picks and I was like man you fucking nailed those two because he might have the top two wide receivers yeah. in you know in in in, uh, in all of dynasty i mean those two guys if you're a draft if you're doing a, a startup draft they would be two of the very top uh wide receivers taken off the board for like the next five years so you're good you know i was like easily. so pissed off because of course i yeah. like to you know crush his ass and and anything we do you know so but that that he 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 just pulled it off so but you know um I say, I say, um, you know, let's go either Jefferson or Herbert here. I, I think we gotta, we'll, we'll go ahead and sweep it for Jefferson. I'm fine with Jefferson, man. Jefferson, he's a baller, dude. And and if I could transition that to our unsung heroes category, because my quarterback is Kirk Cousins. You said that he was garbage, and I I don't disagree with that, but I don't think he's been garbage this year. He's a He's a QB one, I think, at this point, and he's carried two top ten receivers, right? At least top twelve receivers. So he's he's given us two wide receiver ones, and he's made himself a quarterback one. Not to mention, he hasn't taken Dalvin Cook out of being a top five running back. So I, I don't see how. And and the last few weeks, he's carried people when you needed him most. Kirk Cousins was carrying your ass like Jesus in the sand during that footsteps or footprints fucking shit. Because Kirk's been solid. Um, so he, for me, has been an unsung hero this year, even though he's vanilla as fuck and Tommy thinks he sucks. Well, yeah, and he's QB 11, so I take that back. You know, I mean, but I guess that's the, the, the optics. That's the perception. You know, it's like, oh, it's, Kirk Cousins is not a sexy pick. You know, in any in, in regard, but um, you, you can't deny someone that's been, like you said, Stoner, uh, carrying two top ten uh, wide receivers and also be um, uh, QB eleven on the season. Should we hit up a couple questions before we we go follow up into the rest of the some heroes? Oh shit! Yeah, my bad. I forgot that we were going to do that. But it's, it's all good. Uh, so yeah, so you know, clutch full here is is. is he got offered uh, Lamar Jackson and Calvin Ridley for Russell Wilson. Does he accept? I'm I'm guessing maybe it's dynasty because most redraft trades are done for the year. Um, but given the rest of who you let, got let, here, let's assume for for just let's assume it's dynasty superflex because otherwise you know of course you're taking the wide receiver. So the only way this question is interesting is if it's dynasty and superflex. I mean, I'll, I'll do it. I'll take it. I'll take that deal. Yeah. Lamar and it. Ridley for Russ. Yeah. I mean, I still think Lamar's a baller, even yeah. though he was Ball also kind of a bust this year. We didn't talk about Lamar being a bust, but he was being drafted as your QB two, and he's like QB fucking 18 or some shit this year. So that's a little busty, but to get Lamar and Ridley for fucking, yeah, yeah I'll do that. I mean, this Done. actually falls into dynasty game theory handbook right here. So dynasty game theory handbook, of course, anytime you have two quarterbacks in the same tier and you can trade one for the other and pick up profit, you do it every single time. Quarterbacks change tiers quite a bit. You know, think about Lamar last year was, you know, 
you know, top one or two, and then he falls back. I mean, if you look at the history of the quarterback position, that has happened. Look at Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, we were all ready to bury and say that he wasn't prolific anymore and he was going to get traded. They drafted Jordan Love erroneously, all the rest of it. But those quarterbacks move around a lot. You know, I, I traded uh, a, a couple years back, I traded Carson Wentz away this was before Lamar's – it was after his rookie year. For Lamar plus two first in a super flex league. Why? Because at that particular point, Lamar was a question mark. It was right after his rookie year where he just sort of was that running quarterback. They were they probably thought he was just going to wash out. It'd be kind of like draft uh, trading Jalen Hurts right now, and then Jalen Hurts becomes the the the, the quarterback too that next year because – He's, it's the same type of thing. We're we're not sure. We're probably going to see some encouraging things from Jalen Hurts, but is he Lamar Jackson 2019 next year, or is he Carson Wentz 2020 next year? I mean, so those quarterbacks move around quite a bit. So slam at home, take Lamar, and count your. But profit. the real question is who who is the real Lamar Jackson? Is it 2019 Lamar or is it 2020 Lamar? Probably somewhere in between, I think, right? I mean, if, if we if we want to think about it, the one thing that happened in 2020, or 2019 was an unsustainable touchdown rate. So that was coming down. This year, he lost his offensive line. So I think this is probably the low side, and last year was probably the, the ceiling. So I think he's probably somewhere in between, honestly, because I think he's probably a better passer. They're going to get that offensive line fixed if they get him a – they gotta get a run. They gotta get and, a wide and receiver. One receiver. Too. I was gonna say. Yeah. I'm not even sure who that is. I mean, you know, schematically, they're a little bit jacked up without their offensive line. I think if they play the way they're supposed to play and they can kind of road grade you up front, then what they did last year was everybody had to commit up front because you had those hogs up front just moving people. And this year they're not moving people as well. And so. But they would just play that play action game where everything just would go right over the top. Right, Andrews up the seam every time because, you know. What about a guy like Rashad Bateman, somebody like that? Because they got a they got a Hollywood Brown, right? He can stretch the field. They got Andrews to eat it up in the middle. Dobbins is going to be a top notch running back next year. I just think they need. They, I I think Miles Boykin was supposed to be the guy. They were hoping that he was going to be fucking Chase Claypool. That's really That's what so they wanted. Right. They, they wanted Miles to be to be Chase Claypool, and he's just not that talented. He's not as talented as Chase. But they need, a, I think, a big guy that, that Lamar can trust and throw the ball to in the corner he ends up. You know, and so for that, like, first first two rounds of the NFL draft, you know, I there's so many teams right now that are uh, O-line needy. You know, so I think we're going to see a lot of big boys, as many as phenomenal wide receivers that are out there. Um, I think we're still going to see a lot of uh, offensive linemen come in early to fix a lot of these offensive line units that are struggling that have a lot of those pieces that have a lot of the, the skill positions there. They just are missing something that's going to help. And luckily this offensive uh, line group, uh, this draft class is, is pretty deep with offensive tackles, especially. And so, you know, you, you're going to get a lot of guys early um, and then you're, you know, not for any fault of their own. You're going to see some of these wide receivers drop and they're going to have a little bit, these teams are going to have an opportunity to pick up these guys a little bit later. They're going to add some nice pieces to their offensive units. Yeah, I could see them snagging an Eichenberg from Notre Dame to pair him with Stanley. Yep. You know, I think, you know, something like that. And then grabbing, you're right, a wide receiver later, second, third round even. Yeah. You're, and there are, and there's a shit ton of them too. I mean, yeah. just like last year, the wide exactly. receiver pool is, the wide receiver pool is deep. Yeah. So we got Miles Gaskin, Robert Woods. Um, so so let, 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 let's see here. Miles Gaskin or Robert Woods, I've been leaning Gaskins since Rojo and Melvin Gordon has looked great against Kansas City suspect run defense. 
Baby Jesus. So Lord and Baby Jesus. This is Baby Jesus. I love Baby Jesus. Nine pound, 12 ounce Baby Jesus. <laughs> Don't know Jesus. nothing, but still omnipotent. I mean, that's the Baby Jesus. That's the way I pictured Jesus. I pictured Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt. Like, I'm here to, I'm here to party. Not, not with angels' wings and as the lead singer of Leonard Skinner. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Nine pound, twelve. I'll go gas. I'll go Gaskin here. Gaskin volume alone. I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a volume guy. Volume is always key for me. So, I, I'll take Gaskin over Bobby Trees, even though I do love me some Bobby Trees. So I, t- I talked about Robert Woods in my under review last uh, last week. Um, and so if you are in a win now team, that's either this year or next year. I would actually go Bobby Trees. Bobby Trees. I, I felt like that was a question of who should I start this week. Yeah. I apologize for the interruption. That was a start oh. set. Is it? Okay, yeah. my bad. Baby Jesus, baby well, Jesus got you. one day at a time. He's not looking <laughs> at Dynasty League. He's looking at this week. What can I do for you? Baby <laughs> Jesus needs to come through right away. He's just sitting there so, in his golden fleece diaper wanting to know if he should start Miles Gaskin or Bobby Trees this week. Gaskin. I'll go Gaskin. This is, this is Sweep it. Show, so Let's move on. Tommy, oh, yeah, take yeah. us home. Let's Gaskin do it. Gaskin all around. Let's get them loud. I saw another one over here. I think that's it. I think that's it for now. <laughs> I love it. So many questions. Yeah. Shit, that's it. Let's go on. Let's do on some heroes. heroes. Let's just clear the decks. So, so Fancy Stoner had Kirk Cousins. I thought that was a great one. Um, Jax, who, who do you have? Uh, say the question again, Tommy. Repeat the question. Oh, your your unsung heroes for quarterbacks. Uh, Fancy Stoner had had Kirk Cousins. Uh, I'm gonna have Aaron Rodgers only because people were fading him in the off season and thought they were fucking stupid for doing that, and he's definitely proved them wrong. And so I think you should uh, be the tiebreaker with who you got. For, you know for what's interesting is I actually had Cousins as my quarterback. So Fantasy Stoner for the win. I had I had Cousins. I I mean you know I had Derek Cousins and Kirk Carr. Oh no, wait. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe I had Derek Cousins and wait, I don't remember which one it was. David Cousins and Kirk Carr, I don't remember. But David Carr, look, the both Carr brothers don't have to hold a candle to this Kirk Cousins fellow. Definitely not Derek Carr, the fullback of the of the Carr family that didn't do. So yeah, I had Kirk Cousins. I mean, you know, it's weird. Like Kirk Cousins is one of those players that when you're when you're starting him in any sort of league, you're just kind of like this could go all all sorts of wrong. Like he's either really, really <laughs> solid and productive or train wreck. Like, I mean, he's seldom prolific, but he's more often he's kind of he's almost it's uh, one of those train wrecks you love. Unbelievable. To watch, like, you know, you're just like, how can this guy be so bad some weeks when you watch him play so good? I mean, he really it really just kind of all works for him sometimes. And, you know, <clears throat> I, I wish I could figure out which game it was gonna be, but sometimes those bad games just come out of nowhere with him. But he has really not had very many of those, if at all. And he's been really good down the stretch. And you know, he was obviously very inexpensive. I, I do have him in a uh, super flex league, and I am going to the playoffs in that particular league uh, startup this year. So at that cost, in a dynasty startup super flex league, I think he was actually paying you dividends this year as a as a QB two. Yeah, I like it. I think he, you know, he really had that one bad game where he shit the bet against the Colts, really, 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 really bad, but. Other than that, he's been great. Nothing less than, I think, 25 points each of the last five weeks. So down the stretch run when you needed him, 
you know, if you have him, especially in a super flex, he's probably your quarterback too. He's your super flex. He's not, he's not your QB one. So he, he carried your ass at the end of the year. I like that. Um, what do you think about running backs, Jack? Who's your, uh, Jack, who's your, um, unsung hero at running back? It's Mike Davis. You know, it's been crazy. You watch Mike Davis. He was just so good all year. And like, I tried trading Mike Davis in leagues where I was not a good team. Um, you know, uh, dynasty leagues where I had taken over an orphan. And of course, when you're an orphan, you pick up all these rag tags. And Mike Davis is on a lot of my orphans because of course he is. Um, and you know, so he, he, I was trying to trade him away because what do I need with, a, with Mike Davis? And I tell you, nobody wanted to offer anything. Nobody even counters. He was just a dead asset. And yet, in, a, in some of these leagues, he was almost too good for me because he was he was putting up fantasy points, and you know there was a couple leagues I played him where I'm I'm actually a good team, and even on a good team, he was starting in flex, you know, pretty consistently. So Mike Davis was you know sort of unsung in the fact that nobody wanted to take his ass on their team. Even CMC owners uh, didn't really offer much, but yet he helped me win in some leagues and helped me win too many damn games in these damn tanking leagues. I got, I wanted to get rid of him in. Yeah, I like that one. Um, I, I didn't like how they started to use Mike Davis um, towards those middle middle of the season games uh, before CMC came back. Um, but he he was a nice surprise. I, I didn't think I I did not think he was going to be as good as he was, and he he performed. He he made you not miss CMC if you were a Carolina Panthers fan. I mean, he definitely took the reins and 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 took the best. Uh, Took his opportunity, you know, and, and did well. Um, my guy I have here is, is Chris Carson, actually, uh, for the running back position. Um, again, um, you know, and I don't know how, how I'm viewing Unsung Heroes versus how you guys are viewing them, but the way I'm looking at as guys that were just really undervalued um, beyond where they should have been. And I know Chris has been hurt, and he's definitely missed some games, and that's definitely hurt teams that have drafted him, in, you know, relatively high, you know, not, not first or second round high, but relatively high, but... But the games that he has played, I mean, besides one, he's, he's been super solid. He's been double-digit uh, performances pretty much every single game he's played besides one. So um, I really like Chris Carson. I have him in our club championship, and, and the games that he's been able to start for me, he's been phenomenal. And um, I think his value will remain low uh, going into the next season because he's been hurt. But when he's healthy, he produces, you know. And so you can never predict injuries, and you can never really – um, really devalue that uh, guy that much because of injuries alone. Because you know, like like we saw with Keenan Allen, you're injured till you're till you're not. You know, and so um, I, I really like Chris Carson, and I was able to get him at a pretty good value in a lot of the startup drafts this year. Yeah, this is where I was also going to talk about David Montgomery, but I'm not allowed to anymore. So I had to pivot. Good, good move. Um, I think I think a lot of us uh, struggled a bit when we lost. Uh, Saquon Barkley. Um, and then here comes Wayne Gallman a few weeks after they finally realized Devontae Freeman wasn't great. And he's been nothing short of amazing for people the last five weeks. So I, I know that some people have jumped on the train and started talking, talking about him, but I just don't know that he's gotten the love that he's deserved the last five weeks. I think he's gotten double digit points and has maybe scored five or six touchdowns. Um, he's been pretty great. So I, I think he's heroic. I will step in, especially if you were able to snag him when, when, when Barkley went down and he just sitting on your bench waiting, 
waiting to get some play. Um, so I'll go, I'll go for, uh, Wayne Gallman. I don't think we're going to agree on an unsung hero at running back, but Mike Davis is a second great pick too. If you were able to snag him, like I don't disagree with any of those. What, what do we got for wide receivers there, Tommy? I got Cole Beasley. You mentioned him earlier, Francis Stoner, and I think he's a great one. I think he's definitely um, a very underrated, um, underappreciated wide receiver, and he's pretty damn consistent. And in my book, that that's good enough for me. And so, especially right now, he's coming on coming on kind of hot, and he's helping people possibly win some leagues, especially in that flex spot. I don't hate that at all. I love Cole Beasley. Yeah, I had him. I had him plugged in here. I also thought about Bobby Trees. I think he's another guy that just. Great one. We talked about yeah. him a little bit. He's a wide receiver one, I think, still at this point. Yeah. And, you know, you're getting him late in drafts, so yeah. you're getting good value, good return, and people just don't it's, talk about him as much as they should. Yeah, and so what I was going to say earlier about Bobby Trees is that if you're win now, try to get him now because he'll help you win your league now. He'll also help you win your league next year because he's, he's in a contract year next year because in 2022, unrestricted free agent. So we know that players tend to go a little bit high uh, go off in their contract year to try to get that money. And then, and you know, when they get re-signed, then it is what it is, and you should trade them then. But for the next two years, Bobby Trees is the way to go. Boom. I love it. Yeah, I love those answers. And, you know, for me, Cole Beasley was definitely on my list. I mean, I was like, for sure, man. I mean, no one had Cole Beasley where he is. I mean, just nobody, nobody, nobody. Um, you know, we all sort of liked him a little bit. But here's my other unsung hero. I'll, I'll give you the uh, – a guy who's in a uh, the WR thirty six, so that means that you know he's been, uh, you know, a top thirty six. That's the WR three. I mean, he's on the outside edge, and that's Tim Patrick of the Denver Broncos. Um, he's been actually really good. I mean, he he even had to endure a zero in the game where they had no quarterback at all. Um, you know, in, in week twelve against the Saints, against the Saints too. So I mean, that was a tough week, but. You know, if you if you sort of take that one out, he's actually been really good on a weekly basis too. I know his sort of cumulative stats, but he was hurt early too, so he missed some games. <clears throat> Excuse me, he missed a couple of games due to injury. He had that zero from you know not Kendall Hinton or whatever the kid's name was. I mean, that's ridiculous. And so he basically had to miss all those games, and he's still a top thirty-six wide receiver. I think that's pretty damn good. And he was free ninety-nine. Yeah, pound, pound for pound and game for game. I like I like what you're saying there. Like when he's actually on the field, yes, he's he's done some stuff. They like him there. So with him and, and they got he's Sutton coming back too. next year, if they get a guy, I don't know if Drew Lock can play quarterback or not, but if they get they get a guy there, they might they might have a fun team next year. Absolutely. I mean, Patrick's yeah. been better than than advertised. I think he gives them a better player on the field than uh KJ Hamler, personally. I I, I do. Um, so I, I agree with you. I think it's Judy and then Patrick and Sutton on the outside with my boy Albert O and, yeah. and Noah Fant ripping the seams. Oh, I mean, yeah. give me a quarterback there. I mean, even if it is Locke, I mean, obviously, I'm not sure if it is. <laughs> John John Elway might suit up and make the playoffs with that clock. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be good, and I think Tim Patrick's been that unsung hero. I mean, you know, he certainly played that Sutton role, and he hasn't played like Sutton, of course, but nobody thinks he's Sutton. I like Tim Patrick. I like Tim Patrick a lot, um, but once I saw him lay a crackback block, I forgot who the defense end was. But he fucking destroyed him. And once I saw that, it was 6 to midnight for me. And I was like, let's go. Tim Patrick's dope. I really like Tim Patrick. And he's free. Or he was free in a lot of leagues. 
and and I think he has a really really bright future ahead of him if they can just figure out the QB situation. That, that's an important thing you mentioned there because plays like that is what keeps guys like him on the field and gives him the opportunities. So I don't think that you know we talk about stats, and, you know how many touchdowns and how many receptions and yards and shit, but it's plays like that, like shit like Debo does, and you know those <laughs> types of tough, gritty Heinz Ward type players that. You make those plays, you're going to stay on the field, and it's going to give you an opportunity. So keep an eye out for shit like that, and then fuck, go scoop that guy up and let him sit on your bench for, God knows how. The rosters are deep as fuck, right? Just let him sit there because he might get a chance, especially now with guys seemingly getting hurt on the regular. Yeah, that was that, that, that's my Gabriel Davis there, uh, the guy that you know, um, you know, I, I should probably mention Gabriel Davis. I mean, just to sort of take another victory lap on on Gabriel Davis. He played played well again this week. You know, he's 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 that guy too, though. He does block, he does everything. You know, the the, the most the most telling thing for me early on was how many snaps he was playing. And that meant that the 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 Bills trusted him. You know, right from the beginning. I think they gave him the first target of the season too. Like, I don't know, they I just felt like they had a they had a keen eye for Gabriel Davis. And I liked his prospect p- profile coming in and I also now like the way that he's performing. He was the guy that stayed in school for all the years, right? Wasn't he in school the whole time? Yeah, he went to class. Uh, he had an 8 o'clock chemistry class. No, no, no. I didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean it like that. Was he in, in college all four yeah. years? Or did he come out I early? think he was a senior, uh, UCF. So. And so, yeah. yeah. UCF. Um, yep. You know, and some people shy away from those, you know, those those types of players. I mean, uh, you know, the history there isn't great, but – you know, I just when 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 I scouted him, I just I saw a player that you know I thought was was certainly going to to be an NFL caliber player. You know, ceiling is there a bit, but I thought he was just going to be solid as AF, as the kids say. Tight end, unsung heroes, Stoner. You you start with the tight end. Uh, I'm 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 a Bobby Tanyan guy for life. That's that's easy. I was oh I was sweep all over it! That. Look at that! Boom! Clean it. That was too Clean easy. It. I was over that. I was I was on top of that dude early, um, before he had that breakout game. I tweeted out that he I was on him to be a top eight tight end this year. Um, I knew that he was going to have a monster game because Adams got hurt or wasn't playing that three touchdown game. But I also knew the impact of that on his relationship with Rodgers is going to be important. That was that was what I liked coming out of that game. So yeah, Bobby T, that that's an easy one. I mean, yeah, that I'll let no, you guys spread some love on him too. Yeah. Did did you so they had DeVonte Adams mic'd up uh before he caught uh Aaron Rodgers 400 touchdown. Did you hear what he said to Robert Tanyan? He looks he goes over to Robert Tanyan and he said and maybe this was pregame, but he goes to Robert Tanyan and said, "Hey, Right, we're we're trying to get Aaron Rodgers' 400 touchdown. It's going to be either you or me. You either you or I are getting that touchdown. And it was fucking Devontae Adams, but that's how Devontae Adams looks that's at Robert Tanya. You know that he knows if it, when it comes down to it, he Rodgers needs a needs a touchdown. Those are the that's two amazing. Guys he's look that's at. actually oh, yeah. a really telling quote. I love that, Tommy. Boom. Absolutely. That's why he's the best. I can't wait till they get they get another receiver out there next year. That they're still going to be fun because Rodgers proved that he can sling it, dude. Yeah. I, no doubt. I don't know who it's going to be, but they need someone. It could be fun to uh, get another St. Brown over there, so have Equinemius and Almond Raw hang out. That actually that would be, be pretty pretty good match because, you know, here's the thing. I, I, I wonder when they're going to take that, that, that wide receiver, like first round. I mean, you almost – I mean, this team is so whacked. Like, I don't even know what the hell they're going to do. I, I, it, right? I mean, like, you know, I did a mock draft where I did the all 32 teams – 
you know, just did the first round. I think you did one like that, Tommy, too. We were messing around with them. Yeah. I don't even remember who I took for Green Bay, but I certainly was thinking about wide receiver and like I was just my brain hurt with, with their pick. Yeah, I, I just again I think like we touched on it earlier, there are a lot of options. So maybe it's not something that they do have to jump on, you know, too early. And especially if all the other teams are, are jumping on, on the big guy and grabbing linemen. And maybe they can wait and grab a wide receiver later on, and maybe it's not going to be one of those bigger name guys. But and again, look like fucking T. Higgins was a third round pick, you know, um, you know Chase Playpool. So Gabriel Davis was what sixth round or whatever. Like, so you can get talented guys later. Um, so maybe it's not something that they're going to do early. It really, I would say, yeah, it really depends on. Who the fuck knows what they're going to do? Because they took Jordan Love in the city. Like, who just – we don't even know, man. It's just a goddamn wild card. A.J. Dillon, like all these players that haven't even seen the field. <laughs> A.J. Dillon's got that Rockwell Armstead strain of COVID. He's been I think I mocked T. Higgins to them um, in my mock draft article I wrote last year. And I thought I mean, that would have been an amazing fit. Um, the first mock I did on the draft network, I had Terrace Marshall – uh, from LSU, the 6'3", 200-pound receiver. Um, but you never know, you know, and, and, and even that name's not, like, a huge name, but... We slept on and, we slept on think. T. Higgins a little bit, man. We forgot how good he was in college, all because of that stupid combine, yeah. all because of one fucking 40 time. We forgot how dope he was for three years at fucking Clemson, how much he crushed it. Over, I think overall, collectively, we, we forgot how good he was in college, so... That's just something I think important when you're looking at players. Maybe maybe put those three years of college a little bit ahead of, of one little shitty 40 time at a combine. You're, you're 100% right. At, yeah, no, absolutely. Stoner's 100% right. But even so, I think you did sleep on him a little bit, right? Because if we were to redraft it now, he's the wide receiver three, right? I mean, I think you go CD and, and Justin Jefferson, and then I think it's T. Higgins next. Am I, am I, am, am I wrong? I don't think Chase Claypool, Ayuk. It's definitely not fucking Henry Ruggs. I knew it was not going to be Henry Ruggs. Look, there's one thing that I did not fuck up the Henry Ruggs call. I was all over that. He was like outside my top 12 wide receivers coming in. I mean, there was just no chance that he was going to be a volume play. He's a ceiling play, you know, in a best ball league. All right. You know, he probably was a little bit better because of plays like he made to end the game. I mean, he's a supreme talent in that way, but he's never going to be a target monster. Never. And and with Darren Waller still there, I mean, but you've seen um, Derek Carr lean on Nelson Aguilar, you know, a lot the way he leaned on uh, Michael Crabtree. And even when they had Amari Cooper, who arguably is way better than Michael Crabtree, Derek Carr needs a safety blanket. That's the kind of quarterback he is, you know. And so yeah, he'll get a couple of deep balls to, to Ruggs, but it's just that's just not the guy. But we're not here for that. We're not here to talk about Raiders football. We'll go two on one for that one. But well, actually, I mean, the thing that I can't wait to talk about, the thing that I'm just getting so excited to talk about, are all these 21 rookies. I mean, that's when dynasty fantasy football becomes dynasty. Otherwise, it's just proxy of redraft, right? I mean, during the season, it's the same as redraft. We're just figuring out who to start, start sits, and yada yada. But as soon as the as soon as week sixteen ends, that's when we start becoming dynasty players, dynasty analysts, dynasty, you know, that's when it happens because you've got to get these picks right. You know, if you were drafting, you know, Jamal Williams and Joe Williams instead of Alvin Kamara and Aaron Jones, you fucked up. 
All right. And so if you were listening to me at the time, I certainly was on Kamara and Aaron Jones. And so, you know, every year it's like that, you know, and it's, it's hard. It's not to say it's good call. Fuck yeah, stoner. I love it. He's golf clapping my ass, which is the correct thing to do. And I love him. Um, but, but, but the point is, is that that part of it matters. And like, you know, I've gotten my share wrong too. So, you know, uh, you just got to find it and, you know, I'm not going to let you have it easy. And this, and this year it's a little bit even, I think it's even harder to, it is to harder. scout those guys because some of those dudes aren't Trey Lance isn't playing a game this year. And he, he's still, he's being forgotten about when people are naming the quarterbacks that are coming in. And every time I see a list of four or five names, I'm like, well, what about Trey Lance? And people are like, oh, shit, I forgot about him. Like, people are forgetting about some of these dudes. So, I mean, it's going to be a little bit harder to scout them, but I think that kind of is going to make it a little more fun because you got to dig a little deeper. I mean, luckily the Internet's there. So, <laughs> But I, I think, you know, you're, you're going back and looking at 2019 play. Uh, you know, how's that going to translate in 2021 when they didn't do shit in between? So, I don't know. I think that, that's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. Um, I think it makes your first round picks a lot more valuable in 2021 rookie drafts um, because, well, you know, those seconds too, though, stack up on those. Yeah. Seconds. I mean, there's, yeah, you're right. There's a level of certainty amongst the first maybe 15 players. And then after that, that's when the fun starts, man. That's, that's when the big boys come to play. There's going to be a lot of talent because it's going to get moved around too. I mean, there's six quarterbacks um, and th- I will I will go on record as saying there won't be six real ones like in in ten years all six won't be starting, but in in twenty twenty one NFL draft I think all six are going to be taken in the first forty picks if not the first twenty picks and so you know it could be crazy I I did that I think I did my mock where all six went in the first ten picks just because you know it's funny you're at why not, why not? Right? They always if they're if they're ever going to move up for any position, it's the quarterback. You know, it's what happens. It's it's the biggest need in 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 the league. It's it's just the, if you don't have a quarterback, you're not going to win. Period. So you need one, and so every team is hungry to get one. Even teams like Detroit and Atlanta, who already have one, they're looking for their next one too. So they're hungry for quarterbacks because when it ends, they don't want to be left holding the bag, looking like the Jets. Um, so even though the Jets have a quarterback. Like the Steelers with Mason, Mason that's Rudolph. The, that's the example. Terrible, like, yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting. So, I mean, you know, those quarterbacks are going to fly off. That's six. And then you have Najee Harris and, and Travis Etienne. If you just say Jamar Chase and that's it. Okay. That's nine. So in a soup and then Pitts. Okay. So Pitts 10, there's like these, you know, in a super flex draft, you have those six quarterbacks, those two surefire running backs, the one wide receiver and the one tight end even just that it's 10 picks so either some of these other guys waddles and Devonte smith and i mean there's just so many good players or some R- of these Rondell quarterbacks Moore. are going to slip into the second round i mean someone's got to go in the second round it's just there's too many assets you know somebody yeah yeah that's correct just by sheer numbers not for any lack of talent yeah you know for anyone out there listening if you've you made it through this two-hour podcast Congratulations, you're you're the fucking real ones out there. Make sure you're going out there and following the Undroppables, the entire squad, but most importantly, the Undroppables on Twitter, especially Mr. Dino Game Theory himself, Jax Falcone, where he's bringing you weekly Dynasty Game Theory podcast known as the Undrafted, and also his guest today, 
Mr. Fantasy Football Stoner. You can find him on Twitter at FantasyFBStoner and myself, Tommy Moe, at 211FFB. You can find this podcast on our YouTube channel just by searching The Undroppables. Also, if you just go to any podcast outlet, just search The Undroppables and you'll find The Undrafted, Unscripted, 2-on-1 Fantasy Sports, and our newest podcast, Unmatched, where we pit two analysts against each other for monkey knife fight prop games to see who's the best analyst out there. And go out if you're playing monkey knife fight. And if you're not, you should be playing monkey knife fight. Go sign up today. Use promo code UND to get a 100% match or 50% match, whatever you say. It's 100% match up to 50 bucks, I believe. Boom. Starting at $10, go out there and start playing Monkey Knife Fight because it's the best new way to play fantasy same, football. Same promo code could be used at Chipotle. If it fucking works, please tweet us and let us know. And that'll be the best thing ever. And if it doesn't, let me know. Send me a DM, DM. I will Venmo you your Chipotle order just for fucking doing it. But you have to record it and you have to send it to me. For sure. Tag the undroppable. Go that. into Chipotle. Tell them you got a coupon code. The Unpickupables Extra Meat 20% off UND. Let's go. Record it. Let's just make it happen, man. Please, 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 please. And that's it. That's all we got today. This is this was an amazing show, Jax. Thank you so much for having myself on, for having Fancy Stoner on. Thank you so much. No, that was fantastic. I mean, we went out strong. Tommy Moe, the man, the myth, the legend. I mean, what did I call you? The Samoan Sandman. I mean, putting dudes to sleep. And he's Samoan. Fantasy Stoner. Fantasy Stoner coming in and and dropping the wisdom, the knowledge, and the interruptions that we needed. And so for that, I'm grateful. So for all you out there, or just one of you out there, whoever's out there, doesn't matter. We're in here for you. Peace out.